Everybody. Welcome to episode 13 of the Co-op Zone. I'm Dane Alexander along with Elik Batoski. Hello. And it's been a while. It has been. I, I've missed you, Elik. I miss you too, dude. It's it, been a it's, hot second. It really has. Um, looking back, it looks like it's been about two months since our last <laughs> podcast. Um, I, Which is probably funny because in the last podcast we said because of the coronavirus uh quarantines and and whatnot that we would probably have a more consistent schedule <laughs> and i guess it's been the exact opposite <laughs> um this is probably i think this is the longest gap we've had between episodes uh yeah i think so too yeah which i think the previous episode was almost a month or so that we went without one and now it's been about two months so we apologize we're just two regular people trying to have a good time and sometimes life gets in the way of having a good time. Uh, but we'll try. I know I said that before, but we'll we'll try to have more consistency, um, especially going into the summer, because there's going to be a lot of news this summer uh, with all the uh, Xbox Series X and PS5 stuff coming out. Right. Um, so we've got a list of some old stuff that was new and we haven't talked about, but is pretty old at this point. Um, for example, the Animal Crossing and Doom midnight releases have been canceled, guys. <laughs> Do not show up to your GameStop at midnight to get Animal Crossing or Doom. Those those have been canceled, just FYI. Um, actually, that could bring us to an interesting point. Uh, our last episode was before Animal Crossing came out. Oh, that's right. We haven't talked about we it. We never talked about Animal Crossing. Oh, my God. Um, I will just say that I have played it every single day since it came out. I haven't missed a single day. I haven't played it in like a <laughs> month. <laughs> that's just how I am with Animal Crossing. I'll like get into it for like a week straight. And then I'm like, okay, I'm over it. Because it's just the same thing over and over again. It is, but I, I feel like there's enough in it. So I, I don't do any of the time travel or anything. I yeah, like actually that. play it legitimately. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not like hopping between days and like constantly getting like turnips and selling them for high prices or, you know, skipping days to grow fruit and sell it for 50 grand at the end of the day or something like that. I, that's, that's not what I do. I play it normally, like how it's supposed to be played. And then I take it on a day by day basis. And honestly, that's how I've like been able to play it every single day still. <clears throat> because like, I just, the, I like the game because it's the perfect game to literally just sit down for an hour a day. Right. It's a good, and like pick me up. Yeah. You know, you can shake some trees, pick up some sticks, catch a few fish, uh, get some fossils assessed. And then, which is really difficult at this point because I've got like maybe a few fossils left at most. So it's 
I, I'm never going to find them, I feel like. But it's nice to just sit down with it for like an hour or so a day and you get your fill out of it and you're like, okay, I can just stop and go on with the rest of my day. And it's not like this big demanding game where you're just like, oh my God, I got to go back home and I need to do this and I need to do that. And I, I, you know, you have to, you can't play any other games at the same time because you're just like focused on this one game and, and everything like that. Like, right. no, you can just take this game, play it for an hour a day or whatever, and you can still play every other game that you want to play at the same time or watch a show and stuff. Like it doesn't like intrude on the rest of your life. And that's why I really like it. Yeah, I could agree with that. It's just, I don't know what it is. Like, nah, just, just got bored of it. I'll, I'll play it again like a month and then play it for like a week straight and then get bored again. Well, that's what I like about it too, is that like, it's kind of like a living, like, like not in MMO, but in the sense that like, it's consistently updated, you know, to keep it fresh. Right. Um, through adding new content in and stuff and, it, and it's all free so i also really like that too like they're not going to charge you for any of like oh here's our summer event you give us five bucks like no you're just going to wake up there's going to be an update and then tom nook is going to say hey why don't you travel to this island like there was an earth day uh ticket um and it sends you to an island that's essentially a little maze and you have to it wasn't like huge you know uh, it's about the same size as the islands that you can travel to for resources, but they made it so it's like a maze. So you have to find your way around it and then you have to like use certain items and stuff uh, in a certain way in order to make sure you can collect all the tickets and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was pretty cool. And I wish there was like some more stuff of that. I but heard, like uh, I kind of, yeah. I heard there was something controversial about the Easter Bunny. Oh, God, Jesus Christ. I, I didn't hear any good things about Easter. Okay, so that was a misstep, and I think everyone agrees that, you know, Nintendo's pretty consistent, so they're allowed to have a misstep sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the bunny thing sucked. So I here's don't... the thing. It didn't suck. It was just annoying. Because mm-hmm. it seemed like, like the big issue was you couldn't fish normal fish anymore or bugs. Yeah. It was just old eggs. There were just too many eggs. That was the issue. So every time, almost every time, literally at least like at least 50% of the time, which is a huge percentage of time, you go to fish and you pull out an egg and you're just like, oh my God. Like if I'm going to use up my, my fishing pole, like before I have to make a new one, if I'm going to be using that up, I want to be using it for what it's meant for, like catching fish. And then not only that, but there's a bunch of balloons. There were like hundreds of balloons just passing over your head all the time and they were just eggs but then that noise just comes by that lets you know there's a balloon and it's just constant they did update that uh to lower the amount of balloons that pop up so they did hear some of the criticism and they did address some of it so kudos to them uh but it didn't affect any of the other chances of getting eggs elsewhere it was only for the balloons Mm -hmm. but at least they were taking in criticism and listening to people um yeah dude and then there was all of that i i will say that on the final day i was able to make all of the items because i had collected enough eggs just throughout all those annoying times to make everything in which case he then gives you his reward which was just a wand 
A magic wand? A magic wand, but in the shape of an egg. (laughs) What can you do with it? I don't know. I haven't made it. Oh. Because it's just the recipe for it. What do you and then you have it? to actually make it. Um, I don't remember. I don't have any wands, to be honest, because all it does is give you, you can switch to another outfit, right? A wands? Yeah. I have no idea. I believe the wand, like, you can set a whole outfit to it, so you can just, like, use the wand and you automatically switch your outfit, like, completely to whatever you pre-selected uh-huh. for it. I, I think. I don't know if different wands do different things, but that's what I... That's what I thought they were. But yeah, I don't know. I, it just kind of felt kind of lackluster where you've put up with all these eggs for like two weeks and then you just get a wand. And I was like, yeah. But thank God he's gone. Of course, I have too many rooms in my house now and not enough ideas of what to do. So I took all of the bunny day stuff and I have a whole bunny day room. <laughs> it's really gross. It's a really gross room. It's disgusting. It's a bed of eggs. Like, who wants to sleep on a bed of eggs? I only did it because I I had an empty room, and I'm just like, I have a whole set of of egg furniture. So I was just like, why not? And I have a hamster, so I have a a hamster in that room. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Everybody needs a hamster. Well, you know what they say. Hamsters love eggs. Yeah, that's, that's what I heard. Yeah, so I don't know. It, it is what it is. See, th- that's almost one of the issues is that I have too many rooms, but not enough stuff to put in them and not necessarily not enough stuff, but like not enough ideas of what to make each room. And then sometimes it's like, oh, I want a kitchen, but a kitchen set is like 170,000 bells just for a sink and <laughs> like a stove. And I'm like, come on, man. Yeah. Like I want that, but it's a lot. Um. One thing I will say I wish that was added, I wish there was one extra layer of interactivity with the items. What do you mean? So, like, most items do nothing. They just sit there. Right. And then some items, if you walk up to them and you hit A, like the pinball machine or something, it'll, like, activate the pinball machine for one go-around. But, like, I wish there was a little bit more interactivity where, like, you walk up to the pinball machine and now, like, it allows you to push like either trigger to use like to actually play the pinball machine or something, you know. So in the very first Animal Crossing, they had little SNES uh, players that have different games, and when you interact with it, you could play the game that's on it. So you could straight up play like Balloon Fight and uh, Wario Woods, and I don't well, that'd be what. really cool. They already have that though with like Nintendo Online. So, like, I don't even need them to go, like, that far to put, like, the whole game in. Right. But, like, but even just, like, especially, like, when you're playing with a second player, right? So, like, I'll be playing with my girlfriend because my girlfriend got it and she got obsessed with it. Um, where she, she said she wouldn't. She'd be like, I don't know, this doesn't look interesting or whatever. And then, boom, she just got addicted. So, <laughs> uh, I got her a, a Switch Online membership. And it's just, I wish that when we actually went to each other's islands, there were like more things to do with each other. Right. Like instead of just running around the island and catching fish together, like I wish there were like, even if it was just like a fishing challenge, right? Like now that there's two people on the island, you can challenge each other. First person to catch like three big fish 
you know, wins the challenge or something like that. Just like some sort of competition to like make it more fun instead of just running around each other's islands. Yeah. Um, you know, or like if you have a pool table and you both go up to the pool table, you can play a game of, of pool, you know, like some miniature vert, like a, some add some mini game in there or something like that. Like just like some uh, small extra level of interactivity, I think would just blow this game out of the water, which we'll talk about numbers in a little bit because they released numbers for this game and they're absolutely massive. But I just feel like there could be one extra level of interactivity that would make this not only an incredible Animal Crossing game, but just an incredible multiplayer game in general. Like yeah. it's it's that close. They should make some more mini games, like a mini golf course, make out mini golf course on Animal Crossing. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, or like I saw some people make some like go-kart tracks with like tricycles and then they pave like a, a road and they put some cool like scenery around it and it literally looks like a little like go-kart type track, mm-hmm. but you can't ride the tricycle. So like it's just for looks. Right. And like that and don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to knock this in any way and I'm not saying it's bad because of this in any way. I'm just saying it would be really cool if there was that one extra level of interactivity that mm-hmm. you could actually like use some of this stuff or like uh, my girlfriend sent me a basketball hoop and I was like, awesome. Like I want, uh, like every time you get an item, you know, you're wondering what it can do if it can do anything at all. Right. So like I set it out and I'm like, Oh, maybe like if I hit a, like a basket will like, or a ball will like go into the basket or something, but it turns out it just sits there. <laughs> and I'm just like, that kind of sucks. Like, I wish there was, like, at least some small thing, right? Or, like, then that could be, like, another mini game. You walk up to the basketball thing and you just play, like, little Papa Shot games where you just, like, tap eight or something at the right time to, like, try to get the the ball into the basket or something. I don't know. Maybe I'm asking too much and people are just going to be like, that's not what Animal Crossing is. But I, I think it would really add to the experience. I think it's the perfect game for that stuff. No, I agree with you. That was kind of the issue with Animal Crossing. It's... Yeah, you could create your own, like, house and stuff, but you can't really do anything with the furniture. It's just kind of there. Yeah, it's for the looks. Yeah. And then to take, like, cool pictures with and stuff, which, again, I'm not condemning that or saying that it's bad. I just think that there's a little bit more potential that could just be insane. And, again, like, they could add some stuff later on through updates, like, oh, here's a whole new set of of items that are interactive or something like that. Um you know, like I get like a popcorn machine and then you hit A and the popcorn machine turns on and it starts popping like, cool, I'm fine with that. I don't need anything more from that for that, you know, mm-hmm. that's more than I could ask for for a popcorn machine. But then like when it comes to like some game stuff, like that would be cool to actually, you know, play and stuff. Right. Um, yeah, otherwise it's great. Uh have terraforming so I can like, uh, move around like rivers and water and and hills and stuff. Um, Big dog. It's pretty cool. The only thing is, I'm just like, what if I tear apart a whole section of my island and I don't like it and there's no undo button? <laughs> <laughs> and then you just have to go back and undo everything because every single thing takes one press at a time. Oh god. But yeah, I don't know. I really like the game. I, I still play it um, every day. 
even if it's just for a small amount of time. Um, check the shop, see what items they have. Uh, what else? I'm doing the stock market, which, dude, it's stressful, the stock market. <laughs> and then, like, like this week, I was like, okay, I'm not going to take a risk. I had uh, the turnips priced at, like, 149 or something like that, I think. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then the next day, they were 200 And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> and and that, that just leads to to anxiety. But it helps because it's not only my island that I'm looking at prices for. Like I'm looking at my girlfriends now too, and she'll go on every day to like tell me her turnip prices. So I double my chances, but still, that thing will give you gray hairs at a young age. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so thumbs up on Animal Crossing. I give it a thumbs up too. I do think that it helps that TikTok has blown up because there are so many animal crossing Crossing TikToks, Mm -hmm. and i'm sure that has dramatically helped with sales because now you get i I feel like those like audiences would overlap really well of just people that like use TikTok in general for like jokes and memes and stuff and then like now you're seeing all this like animal crossing stuff that's pretty funny and then you're just like oh man i gotta get this game which has also led to switches being sold out and you can't find them anywhere. Yeah. Um, when I was hanging out with some friends yesterday, they were talking about how they were trying to, they want to get a switch in animal crossing, but they can't find any of them for sale because there's nothing or controllers. We were trying to find controllers so we could play smash together. We couldn't, they couldn't find controllers. Yeah. Ethan's uh, PS4 controller is broken and, he went to get one today, I think, and they were sold out. PS4 controllers? Yeah. Jeez. He went to Target. Because, I mean, if you think about it, like, even if you had a console already, you're probably trying to find, like, multiplayer games to play with your family and stuff, like, while you're at home. So people are just buying up controllers. But, yeah. You there? I am there. Oh, okay. I thought, you, I thought you disappeared for a second. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, let's just hop on to numbers really quick for Animal Crossing. They sold a crap load of Animal Crossing games. <laughs> um, what was it? Like over 11 million? I don't know the numbers, but I heard it was like their best selling uh, Animal Crossing ever. That, but it was also like the and the best selling Switch game quickest selling switch game yeah which again i wonder if it's like the main fan base that pushed that or if it was just like the timing because it's the perfect it's the perfect game for having this quarantine thing yeah where it's like a light but like happy enjoyable game but it also gives you something to do every day and it's kind of monotonous, but like in a good way. Right. Yeah. Which has also pushed switch sales to be insane, but we already knew that that was selling like crazy. So yeah, they were already doing really well. Yeah. Um, 
not really surprising, but like good for Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, good for video games in general. Yeah. Like this this whole quarantine thing, like I know that it's sucked for the majority of people, but if you like video games, this has greatly uh, benefited Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo. At least in terms of their gaming divisions. Right. Um Yeah, it it's been it's been wild. Um so I think this report came out the other day. Can't remember exactly which day. Um, but video game spending on the first quarter of 2020 hit its highest amount ever in the U.S. in history. Um, and it was up 9% compared to January to March of last year. And what's crazy is that's that's January to March. So that was before coronavirus even really started hitting. It kind of started hitting in, in mid to end of March, mm-hmm. you know, at least in the U.S. So uh, the numbers for April are going to be through the roof, I think. <laughs> yeah. Because that was for sure when, like, pretty much every state or the majority of states had some sort of, like, stay-at-home type order. And then that's when people are just like, all right, I'm just going to get some game console or just purchase a bunch of games in general. So I'm wondering what the second quarter of this year will be. I would assume another uh, U.S. high is my guess. But 9% is insane. That's a massive jump. So it's not all bad with the coronavirus, I guess. Yeah, I guess not. It's been very financially great for me (laughs) divorce rates are through the roof right now oh man really well i mean i would assume so but like i guess that would help you guys out yeah we're we're (laughs) we're in business (laughs) we're making all a a killer here that's weird to me though for those of you that don't know alec works in a law office that's uh specializes in divorce law correct yeah family law yeah um that's not surprising to me, but I am surprised that it would happen that quickly. Like, if you can't put up with someone for two months, like... Right, well, we're not getting that many new clients at the moment, but since everything's being pushed back, all our trials are being put basically around the same time. So we have, like, four or five trials coming up, and um, just having everything pushed back has been just making us really busy um but we're still getting a constant flow of new people who want divorces and it's gonna just increase exponentially once this is all over like we're, we had to get a new attorney in and we're just preparing for when this happens like it's gonna get really busy yeah it's sad it is but because i mean i i guess people get used to that lifestyle of like both people leaving you know, like you wake up with each other and then like you both go to work and then you don't see each other until like five, six o'clock. Yeah. And then like the kids come home and you're dealing with, with that. And then like, you kind of get used to like knowing that, like not saying that they don't love or that they hate each other or whatever, but like you kind of get used to that pattern. And then all of a sudden, like that pattern goes away. 
along with a lot of financial stress for people right now and then like i don't know maybe you're just around someone too much like i i'm like i i think for some relationships like it's probably good that like there's a little bit of space mm-hmm. when they go to work you know they get like a little bit of a break from each other you're not like it's like like i remember one one summer i lived with ethan <laughs> essentially lived with ethan just because i was over at his house like every day and then at some point like in month two like we're just constantly arguing with each other. We're always on each other's nerves. We're just always getting annoyed by each other. It's just like, dude, we just went to McDonald's yesterday. No, I don't want to go to McDonald's either, or something like that, you know. And <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it just starts to build up where it's just like you just need a break. Like even if it's just like one day to just like step away. So like during this time, obviously no one's getting, or a lot of people aren't getting those breaks. So I, I can see that. I feel like we've all gone through that phase of living with ethan for like a month oh <laughs> uh, yeah good times over those summers those were so fun i miss those times well don't forget about nathan's too because we yeah we all lived it. at nathan's for a long time too his was like a hostel <laughs> it was just a hostel or anyway like some random person could just walk in off the street and be like hey man what's up how's it going you can just sleep right there oh, all right what are you guys doing oh you know nothing oh cool i'm doing nothing too all right <laughs> then we'd all do nothing together Those occasionally so we'd walk fun. to taco bell though those are good times the best taco bell thank god he lived next to taco bell yeah um but yeah small little divorce tangent hopefully any of you out there are getting divorced yeah hit Keep, me up uh, yeah if you are hit up uh hit up alec direct message him yeah. hey alec i'm uh, i'm getting divorced can you help me out? <laughs> I live in Louisiana. <laughs> we get so many calls like that. Like, I live in Canada. Can you divorce me? <laughs> We're like, no. <laughs> We're in Ventura. <laughs> and they're like, huh. what does it matter? It's just like jurisdiction. You guys are good for the whole state of California or only the county? Um... We're good throughout the whole state, but she, my boss doesn't want to take on cases past L.A. It's really just the Ventura, L.A. area. I guess that makes sense because it just becomes obnoxious if you have to, like, do any bit of traveling or meeting them. or. Uh, yeah, I mean, for clients, it's not a big deal, but when you have trial, you have to go to court. And so if you have to go to a county that's, like, four hours away, it's like, fuck that. Yeah. Especially if you're, when you're like one of the only attorneys in the office. Yeah, well, divorce law. That's another podcast we're gonna start, guys. Divorce law. <laughs> divorce law with Alec Petoskey. Um. Okay. So let's move on to the next thing. I I just got so many old things. Maybe I could run over them really quickly. Um. Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, they added this new perk system. Um, so certain games can go, oh, if you have Game Pass Ultimate, we'll also give you like this in our game. So for example, like small DLC or in-game content or currency. So they can go, oh, if you download our game with Xbox Game Pass, we'll give you like a thousand uh, credits in the store on this game or something or you know something like that um nothing like game changing but just adding some small additions to or benefits to having game pass ultimate 
Is it like um, Nintendo's currency thing? When you buy a game, you get coins for it. No, so this is like literally in the game. Oh, okay. So like, let's say NBA 2K, they have like these uh, these coins that you can use to like unlock new packs for players that you can put into your My Player and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, like 2K could go, oh, if you have Game Pass Ultimate and you get 2K through Game Pass Ultimate, we'll automatically give you like a thousand coins. Oh. You know, or, or like... Uh, think of it like in terms of like an animal crossing game like they'd be like okay if you do this we'll give you like ten thousand bells just for having like xbox game pass ultimate um there was but again that's on a, a game by game basis so it's not up to microsoft i don't think to give you those benefits it's up to the developers to say hey we want to give benefits to the people that are playing our game through game pass right um there was a website in the UK uh, for Xbox Series X, um, the official Series X website, and they said on it, coming Thanksgiving 2020 uh, for the release of the Xbox Series X. Um, since then, it's been deleted and changed back to say coming holiday 2020. So supposedly it was a mistake, but a lot of people took that at the time to mean like, Oh, that's like probably the more accurate release date. They just backed off of it just in case they can't confirm that because of the coronavirus stuff and delays. Uh Um, but I, I wouldn't doubt it. They did. Microsoft did come back and say, Oh, we don't have an official release date yet. It's still holiday 2020, but Thanksgiving is typically around when new consoles are released when they are released in the fall. So, right. I wouldn't doubt it's, it's sometime around then, uh, in November or so. PlayStation's um, coming out around that too. Yeah, which they haven't released a specific date either, but they often are literally within a week of each other, if not sometimes like the same day, but usually like the exact same week. Mm-hmm. Um, and if things continue the way they are, I think that Microsoft waits and says the release date the week before PlayStation. <laughs> I don't know, it, it, you know, that that's just me making up, you know, a rumor, but I feel, I feel like Microsoft's been playing this really tight and we'll get into pricing. Cause I think they're going to blow people away with their pricing. Now I, I was saying this console is going to be minimum 600, but I, I, I think they're, I think they're dropping that. Um, I, I, I really do think they're going to play hardball. They're going to go all out. So it would be smart of them to try to release it right before the PlayStation five. Um, you know, even though, even though it's only a week, I think that would be very smart to be the first console out, uh, just to start generating that hype of like the new generation is here and you can get it today type thing. Um, all right. This brings us to the PlayStation five event. Oh, so we didn't talk about the event. No, we never talked about the event. So uh, our last episode was after Microsoft released their stats and everything for the Xbox. And everyone was going crazy for the Xbox Series X. Um, and everyone was going crazy going, oh, my God, like, where is Sony? Then it came out like later that week that Sony was going to have their GDC uh, online conference for the PS5. So everyone started freaking out. 
and then everyone fell asleep 10 minutes after it started. So it was so boring. It was it was pretty bad. And I know why it was bad, but it shouldn't have been bad. So it was bad because it was a GDC conference. It wasn't supposed to be televised, you know. It was just going to be a, the GDC thing is essentially just Sony talking to developers of this is what's in our console, this is the new stuff, and this is how you can benefit from it. It's like right. it's a very boring cut and dry thing but if you're a developer you're like okay cool like there's this new thing that we're going to be able to take advantage of but when sony comes out and they put out like a press release and like hey tune into this and we're going to reveal stuff about the ps5 now it's on you where you didn't just say like hey hold your expectations we're just going to go over some stats for developers now you put it out there for everyone including fans to be like this is it like this is the big reveal and it's all finally going to happen and they're going to tell us everything about this console and we're going to see some awesome stuff and then it's just literally the most boring cut and dry powerpoint presentation on the planet (laughs) that was so funny and like that's fine but like don't don't advertise this to like fans and people on the internet like that that this is that this is it just don't do that just be like yeah uh, it's just going to be a cut and dry uh, you know a pretty a pretty small thing of just going over some stuff but don't expect anything like crazy and it was just like guys and if you are going to do that then spice it up a little bit like you've had some time to like prepare this this online press conference it looked like they put fake people in the audience yeah i couldn't tell if they were real or not but they looked fake yeah it looks like a silhouette of people yeah it was just weird i don't know man it was oh my god it was so boring but wasn't that also when the corona was kind of going around so they couldn't have a live audience well yeah because gdc was canceled right that's why it was online in the first place. But that's why I'm saying, like, this wasn't supposed to be an event that everyone was supposed to see. Like, that, that's what I'm saying. This was supposed to be a very cut and, and a dry and cut. Uh, why, why am I messing this phrase up? A very Time dry cut. conference. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because they had to put it online, it became this big, oh, it's the big PS5 reveal event when it really wasn't. It was just some small stats well i mean they gave away most stats but it was very boring um well the stats weren't that impressive so that's the other thing not only was it very boring but if you put the stats in a head-to-head competition against the xbox series x it wasn't super no don't get me wrong it was it's it's going to be an impressive console it's going to do great and i'm not saying it sucks at all but Microsoft has been going really hard with these are the numbers. It's going to be the the most powerful console ever. We've got 12 teraflops, all this stuff. And then it comes out that uh, they say that the PS5 has, what was it, like 10.3? Something like that. 10.3 or 11 teraflops. Either way, it was 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 less less. powerful than the Xbox. Um, and then you look at the other stats. It only comes with an 825 gigabyte solid state drive. Xbox coming in with a full terabyte. Um, that's huge, especially as games just continue to get bigger and bigger. Um, but then we were getting news recently that people are saying that 
the solid state drives on the playstations are insane so yeah so that, that's what i was gonna get to so the the only thing that's really redeeming when you look at the stats of the ps5 compared to the xbox is the solid state drive it looks like the solid state drive is where they're banking most of their their hopes of of uh i guess being compat or or what, what is it uh comparable to the xbox um and I think it's like double the throughput speed for the solid state drive. I think it's like five and a half gigabytes a second. Jesus. And I think Xbox is like two and a half or something like that. But it has more raw power to handle more stuff. So they, I guess they both took a similar approach by, but doing it differently. Like they wanted, uh, so well i guess not the exact same but sony went with less power but faster throughput speed microsoft went with more power but a slower throughput speed but i have a feeling that in most situations it'll come out pretty even on both sides yeah well Um, i don't know tell me what you think of this when i was hearing all this news i i feel like playstation is going to be the more optimized system while Xbox is going to be the more powerful where I kind of compare it to like the iPhones and Samsungs where on paper, the Samsungs, the more powerful phone, but iPhones are more optimized. So even though they don't have as much Ram as a Samsung, they don't need as much Ram because it's more optimized. And so that would be a pretty good comparison. Yeah. Cause like Apple controls a hundred percent of the phone and the operating system. So like they know that the operating system doesn't need, you know, six gigabytes of RAM. Whereas an Android phone, they're just taking Android and putting it onto their phone. And in order for that phone to work with Android, they're like, oh, we need six gigabytes of RAM in order to run that because they're not combining them together. It's from two separate companies, you know? Right. So yeah, I kind of, I kind of see that Microsoft hasn't really given any indication that it's not all compatible or like right. that it's not all really in sync. So I don't know if I would say it's that Microsoft's isn't in sync really well. I just think they took a different approach of going for raw power. Right. So I think that maybe different games, you'll see different benefits. I think maybe in some games that need the faster throughput speed, with the hard drive, you'll see a little bit more benefits. And then some games where you just want raw power, like like graphics and frame rate, I think then you'll see the Xbox being a little bit better. Right, I think general, most general games that will come out on the Xbox will look better on the place uh, than the PlayStation. But I think first party games on the PlayStation are just gonna look ridiculous. Yeah, I feel like the PlayStation will have probably better loading times. Yeah, that sounds about with the faster hard drive Mm. but i think once it's loaded it will look better on the xbox because now it's got that raw power to just throw it all into visuals and frame rate and ray tracing and all that stuff yeah um so but the thing is is that that's why i'm wondering if it was worth it for sony well again we'll see when they start putting games out and how they play and stuff but i'm wondering if it makes sense to go with the hard drive because 
how much stuff needs to be lo- I, and again I, i'm pretty like well I, games i'm not are like super technical with this but right they are but once it's loaded like what i'm saying is that once you get to two and a half gigabytes a second that's so fast that does going it, past that really give you that much of a benefit like it's already so fast that does going past it make a benefit or would it have been worth it where once now that's loaded really quickly now you have more raw power to just take advantage of all of that the way i look at it is let's say right now on the ps4 you load a character that's has all his skin and clothes and stuff let's say it's half a gigabyte to load it um when the ps5 comes out everything's 4k everything's rendered at a higher scale and they add more visual effects and stuff and now that character becomes a gig and a half so i mean graphics just keep increasing so they're going to need to speed it up if they want to load it at a faster rate um and i just think i don't remember what article i was reading something about people not being impressed by the graphics that the xbox was showing off of and it's not so much them it's just i don't think they're... so we'll we'll get into that too <laughs> okay i don't know because i think i think that was highly like unfair i think so too i think it's just I, it's very unfair criticism but i do understand that microsoft probably shouldn't have hyped it up i don't think it's an xbox thing i think it's just games in general where there's only so much you can do with the graphics that it's not going to look as insane as it did when you compare a ps2 game to a ps4 Correct. And like when you a went PS4 game to a PS5, it's not going to be that big of a difference. Yeah, or like, like even like the beginning games between like Xbox 360 and Xbox One or PS3 and PS4. In the beginning, you were still like, "Wow, this is really good," but it wasn't like game changing yet. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. the the developers get so good at take. This is why I like consoles because you're working with a specific set of hardware. So by the end of the generation, you're so good at working with that hardware that your games can now look incredible because you know exactly how to use it and what, how to like take advantage of it. Whereas PCs are constantly changing, so it's hard to take advantage of one specific set of hardware, whereas consoles are always the same throughout the generation. So, like for example, if you look at Halo 3, that came out, um, I think, in the first year or two. Uh, after the launch of the Xbox 360. It didn't look bad by any means. It looked great at the time. But if you compare that to Halo 4, which came out on the 360 at the very end of the 360 generation, it is a night and day difference. Like, you would you would think that Halo 4 was made on the Xbox One. Right. Like, it looks incredible. and doesn't look at all like Halo 3. Like, it just looks so much better. But it's using the exact same hardware that launched years ago that that Halo 3 was made with. But developers get so good with using the hardware that now they can just make stuff that looks absolutely incredible. Like, insanely good. So, you're going to get a lot of that here as well. Where, at the end of this Xbox One and PS4 generation, games look so good right now, especially since there's the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, that your first few games I think that you're going to play might not look absolutely incredible. It's going to look incredible. It's just not going to look different. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not going to look good. I mean, like it's not going to, you're not going to look at it and be like, wow, like that's clearly the new generation, you know, like each step up 
is a smaller and smaller difference. You will notice the load times, though. Correct. And I think that's why PlayStation is banking off of that, because they know they can't rely on just graphics. Because there's only so much difference to the PS5, to the PS4, the Xbox X, and the Xbox One. True, but it also helps not just with that, but like, see, it's not just about graphics. It's also about frame rates. Right, but I think... And that's the bigger thing for me, is that can can Sony make up for that drop in in power with frame rates? Uh, yeah, we're going to have to wait and see. I mean, I think so. It's, it does not be, be a consistent 60 FPS, for me at least, but um, we're already at a point where 60 FPS is like the new norm. I wouldn't say it's the new norm. There's a lot of most console games or a lot of console games are still 30 frames per second. The newer ones. A lot of them are. Yeah. And then on the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, sometimes they have a performance setting. Wait, even on like the Pro and the Xbox, I don't know what the... One X. One X. Can you not play games 60 FPS? So that's what I'm saying. Some you can, some you can't. Oh, fuck. It'll, I didn't know they'll that. be there'll be like a, a a visuals mode which will typically like try to like render it as nice as possible and like give you all the textures and stuff like that and run it up to 4k um, but usually run at 30 frames per second and then they'll have like a performance mode this isn't every game some games are literally just set you have to play it what how they set it uh-huh. um, but then some games will have a performance setting where you switch it to performance and now it'll usually drop the game to like a 1440p or a 1080p and then up the frame rates to 60 fps yeah i'm okay with that i just want 60 fps um yeah, so it's it's usually an option and games usually uh when you first start them they'll be in the visuals mode and you'll have to change it to performance mode if they offer it. Um, but on like the regular Xbox One or PS4, they don't have that. It'll just be at their regular setting and then sit 30 frames per second. Mm-hmm. So the, the point is that going to the Pro or the Xbox One X at least gives you that advantage to running some games at 60 FPS, which is why like it's still a benefit if you have one, but you don't have a 4K TV because you can always go to the performance setting for certain games and at least play the game in 60 FPS um, even though you're on a 1080p TV. Right. Um, so the main benchmark, at least with what Xbox has been saying, is that their goal is that every game that comes out runs at 4K 60. Like straight, not super sampled 4K or anything like that. No checkerboarding, like straight up legit raw 4K 60 FPS. Like that's the baseline that they want people to hit. Obviously, it's up to the developer, and if the developer says, I want to make this game at 10 frames per second, they can make it at 10 frames per second. So it's on a game-by-game basis. Um, But that's what they're going with. Sony obviously has been pretty quiet. And people got annoyed because the big game that they're pushing right now with Xbox Series X is a partnership with uh, Ubisoft and Microsoft, and it's for the new Assassin's Creed. Right. Um, for Valhalla first of all love it I am 100% in on this game I didn't look at it it, it's Assassin's Creed but in a Vikings universe yeah so I am 100% down it looks sick 
Um, I can't think of a game that I've played in a Vikings universe. I know that you can say like Norse mythology, but like it's different. Right. Um, like playing God of War is, I wouldn't consider that like a Viking game. You know, it has North mythology, yes, but it's totally different. So super pumped. I, I, I can't wait to explore this universe. And uh, this seems to be the game that they're pushing with it, at least the big third party game. Um, along with Cyberpunk, but Cyberpunk will be out by then, so they're not pushing it too hard for next gen. When's that coming out? Uh, I believe September. Oh, geez. Which, speaking of that, they are in a partnership with uh, with uh, CD Projekt Red, so they are having a special edition Xbox One X console for it, and it looks sick. It looks really cool, and they're having a special limited edition controller with it. Um, I have to say, Microsoft has been absolutely killing it, not only with console design, but also their limited editions. They look so good. Like, specifically their Gears of War one, their Gears 5 Xbox One X, like, literally had, like, this see-through plastic at the top, where it looked like the Gears logo was actually, like, below the plastic, even though it wasn't. Mm -hmm. It was really cool. And then their Gears uh, 4, was it Gears 4 or Gears 3 console, like, literally had laser etches into it that look like claw marks so when you feel it like it's actually textured and ingrained like deep into the plastic like an actual claw mark is super sick that's cool um so kudos to microsoft's console team for for all of that it's been exceptional hardware um but uh but yeah getting back to the frame rates and stuff so microsoft said that they want to hit six uh 4k 60 then they announced that the new Assassin's Creed game will be, quote, um, at minimum 30 FPS. Okay. That obviously got a lot of people angry. <laughs> <laughs> and this is like, of course, typical fanboy stuff. Like anytime I click on like some like tweet from Xbox or something like that, there's always just like accounts where people spend their entire day just trying to be the first person to tweet out like a meme about how Sony's better or Sony says something and they try to tweet out about how Xbox is better. It's just like Jesus people. Uh It's just a weird statement. Like I feel like every game they try to be a minimum 30 FPS. You don't want a game that's lower than 30 FPS. So you don't, but um, they just have a couple things working against them. One Microsoft saying that their goal is that every game can hit 60 so when all of a sudden they're like, oh, this brand new console is only going to be able to run it at, they said at least 30. So it could be higher than 30. It's going to be um, higher than 30. But it, 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 it at least won't drop below 30, which is good because anything below 30 is where it starts to like, you notice that there's some lag. Right. But if it stays above 30, even if it's like normally like 45, but goes down to 30, you probably won't notice it too much. Um. But I do hope that they can get like some sort of consistency with the frame rate. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it seems like a big deal until there was a chart going around that showed how Assassin's Creed, I think it was Origins, or was it the last one? One of them, either Origins or uh, the one after. Odyssey. And Odyssey. It was Origins or Odyssey, and it was showing what the average uh, frames per second are 
of Assassin's Creed running on different video cards was while playing in ultra settings. And basically anything below like the third best card that you could get was below 30 FPS. Like running in ultra settings using those cards. Uh Uh-huh. So essentially the only way to get that game to play in ultra settings at even just above 30 FPS to like 38 or so, you have to have like an RTX 2080. Like you have to have like a, that could be like a, like a $600. Well, that, that's what I'm getting at. So like this, cause people are using this obviously to knock Microsoft's Xbox going, oh, it can't run this game at 60, when really it's just a Ubisoft issue. It's not a console issue. Right. It's just not optimized. Yeah. And that's something that um, they work on kind of during beta, I guess. Because I've got i I've been playing Warband 2, and it's, it's uh, early access, and like my computer should be able to run it pretty well, and it doesn't. Um, but after a couple of updates, it's been running a little bit better. And... Because hmm. they're they're basically just like trying to run the game on what they have when they're making the game, and not like looking to see how it runs on every computer. Well, yeah. See, that's what I was getting at with uh, with developers at the beginning and end of a console generation, where because it's the same piece of hardware and they're working with the same technology, they figure out ways with every game that they're developing how to better utilize that technology. Whereas every time you go to make another game for the PC, like everything is different. There's right. so many different pieces that people put together in PCs that it's really difficult for developers to go, okay, here's a game that works with a hundred percent of the graphics cards. Like, no, it usually will work with some of the graphics cards at launch. And then after that, they continually update it. Or even the graphics card companies have to put out updates to support certain games and stuff like that. Right. Um, so because of that, they can't make it optimized specifically for a specific video card where they know exactly how that card works and it uses it to its best potential because the game has to eventually fit all of them. Whereas if you're making something for the PlayStation, the Xbox, every single console is going to have that one specific thing. So you can make it optimized specifically for that. Um, so I do think that that is probably the issue with Assassin's Creed is that it's just Ubisoft because you literally have to have some of the most insane graphics cards just to get over 30 FPS in that game on a PC. Right. Um, But what that does mean is that Assassin's Creed Valhalla is likely going to run on the equivalent of ultra settings on a PC. So if it's going to be ultra settings at at least 30 FPS, that's pretty good. Like, I'm just going to say that's really good. Um, it would be cool if maybe they then offered a setting to be like, okay, you can drop it to like medium settings or yeah, high I settings in order to then raise that. Never do that. Like, why is it so hard to just have a graphics setting for your console and just change the graphics? I think simplicity. Like you're developing this game, and it's just easier to be like, okay, we're going to hit 1080p and 30 FPS, and we know that we can, and it doesn't hurt the game too much. But if we went to 720p and 60 FPS, now the game kind of doesn't look that great. And you're trying to sell. Remember, the majority of people that purchase games aren't like hardcore gamers. 
Right. So what's going to get someone to purchase a game more? The way it looks or the way it feels? The way it looks. Right. Like you're not going to notice how it feels, the average person. They're just going to play a game. Like if they went from, okay, I'm playing like Halo at 30 FPS, and then they switch to another Halo and they're playing Halo at 60 FPS, they're not really going to notice the difference. They might go, oh yeah, this feels way newer, like control-wise and stuff, and it looks better. But they're mainly going to base that off of the looks, not because of frames per second. Most people, if you ask them when they're purchasing a video game, do, do you know if this runs at 30 or 60? They'll be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> okay. And that's not a knock on people. It's just right. these are stats that matter for like you and me, but for the average consumer, it doesn't matter. So when a developer is putting that into a game, I think a lot of people are going to be confused by it. And that's why on the PS4 Pro and Xbox One X, if you go into a game that does offer you uh, a performance mode, they're almost always... Uh, set initially to visuals to have better visuals because that's what's going to matter to most people when they put in their new 4k console on their 4k tv is they want to see it mm -hmm. but they don't know what performance is you know they're like oh i don't even know what that is why would i not want better visuals so i don't know that's not a knock on anyone it's just preference like even me like i didn't buy an expensive 4k tv to run it at 60 fps and at 1080p like i bought it to play games in 4k so i typically will stick with the visuals one even though when i switch to performance like it is pretty smooth and i'm like man i really like this but i also like i, I like marveling at my tv and my games like while i'm playing them so that's why i'm super pumped honestly for this next generation of consoles because now i get both for the most right. part yeah it should uh, be fun yeah um so microsoft had an event that they hyped up that they probably shouldn't have hyped up and this is the first misstep in my opinion that microsoft has had while branding this new console of theirs they have been fantastic in my opinion no mistakes have they made trying to brand their new console until this event a couple weeks ago so Ubisoft came out and announced Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And then right after that, Microsoft came out and they announced this Xbox 2020 uh, thing where every month from here until uh, the launch of the new console, they're going to have new reveals, uh, games shown off, gameplay, demos, um, new information, stuff like that. So cool. Again, this goes back to like Microsoft just taking the lead and just, you know, putting all their cards out on the table and showing everybody what they're doing. Great. Every month I'm going to get some bit of information or something off of this. So they started it off with going, okay, next week we're going to have the first ever Xbox Series X gameplay reveals and we're going to be showing off uh, some games. Um, and at first, that was what they said. So then people were like, oh, my God, Halo is next week and, and all this stuff. And then Microsoft Media came out and they were like, no, no, no. So uh, just to clarify, it's all going to be third party and it's going to be headlined by Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Great. Everyone just saw the reveal of that. Everyone wants to see more of it. Cool. We're going to see gameplay of it for the first time and everything. Um, and now we're setting our expectations. There's not going to be any first party stuff. But then they said in... Uh, July, 
they they will have another event and that's where they will unveil all of their first party stuff cool but they still hyped it up as the first ever next gen xbox series x gameplay and when you watch that event it was about an hour long or so there was very little actual gameplay so this gets into them i'm assuming and this isn't just microsoft but a lot of people taking the word gameplay to mean anything that's shown off in engine right which i don't i don't agree with gameplay is someone is holding a controller playing a game even if it's a beta or an alpha version of the game or whatever someone's holding a controller and they're physically playing the game right and you're watching that gameplay happen not oh here's a video clip of like a cutscene with in-game graphics and this is like a representation of how the game would look inside like that's not gameplay to me that is a trailer it seems like playstation learned from that then <laughs> after that mess up they're like hey we'll fix it up we'll do what the the audience wants well i would assume that when they finally start showing off ps5 games that they will do that well it wasn't but isn't ghosts of to koshi i don't know how sushima isn't that a ps5 game? The, the 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 t is silent so yeah. it, ignore the t and it's just sushima sushima um that is not a ps5 game we'll get into that because that was uh this week uh-huh. so um yeah so i think that's what disappointed people it wasn't necessarily the games right because you have to set yourself up for expectations when they say there's no first party stuff here because first party stuff is in general what gets people most excited because it's what you can only get on those consoles right right like you're not going to get halo on playstation you're not going to get god of war on xbox so when they say here's some of our new games for our console it's the exclusives that you really want to see but they did set up those expectations beforehand that you're not seeing anything from microsoft it's all third party stuff um there were a few games on there that I thought were pretty cool. Uh, the first game that they opened up with, um, there was like some really cool weather uh, effects, um, some cool gunplay, some sword play, some cool driving dynamics. And it was a game that probably was the best looking game and the one of the few games that actually showed legitimate gameplay to start off with. Did you watch the event? No. Okay. And you didn't see any uh, trailers or anything after? Mm-mm. All right. Um, so that game was made by one person and that's really cool like literally one dude has done a hundred percent of everything in that game i don't know if it's going to be good or not but it was it was it showed really well for what was there um there was another game uh there was like it was like a horror game that looked pretty cool um and the music is being done by the same guy that does the silent hill music mm-hmm. uh and that looked really interesting there was another game called i think lost at sea or something but it was like this animated looking game that kind of reminded me a lot like uh um firewatch except um you've never heard of firewatch no it's like a story driven game uh first person and you're in this uh like forest and you're literally like a firewatch like you you go around and you like make sure that any fires get reported and like you take care of like the area mm-hmm. for like forestry and stuff. It's really good. I, I do recommend it. it's not a super long game, but it's critically acclaimed and 
I, it, I, it's really enjoyable. Um, story's pretty good. Uh, and it reminds me a lot like that, except this story of like, it looks like a lady gets lost at sea and she's on an island. Um, but it, it, it looked really interesting. Not a game that shows off like, look what you need, the next gen. So th- this, is, this is the issue. It wasn't that the games were bad, I don't think. It was that there wasn't enough physical gameplay to what people would consider gameplay. And it wasn't the group of games that you might want to show off to be the first next-gen games. You know what I mean? Like, if someone says, like, here's the PS5, and then they're like, here's Knack 3... It's not that Knack 3 is going to be a bad game, but you're just like, that's not what I want to buy a PS5 for. Like, that doesn't get me excited for it. I don't know. It's a pretty good game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or like like Overcooked 3. I would love an Overcooked 3. But if they were like, here's the PS5 and this is why you need to buy it, here's Overcooked 3. <laughs> like, I, I doubt there's anything that the PS5 can do other than loading times that would add to any benefits within the game of overcooked that they couldn't have already done with current gen consoles you know you want to see that stuff that's like okay this is why you need a new console and again that's what a lot of the first party stuff is going to do but for this to be the first showing of any next gen stuff i think that is the issue and this should have been something that they do later on I don't think this should have been their opening um, stuff. I, I think they should have let off with some, at least some like AAA third-party stuff like Assassin's Creed instead of like mostly smaller companies that happen to be working on games that will come out for the next console. Right. Because um, they, they ended it with, there was a Square Enix game Um. And then there was a a new Yakuza. That was pretty big. And they showed off a whole new trailer for that, saying that it's gonna come out. It's gonna I think it's gonna be the first Yakuza to launch on an Xbox. Like they've all been ported to Xbox now and they're all on Game Pass. But this will be the first one to launch like day and date on Xbox. So that was a big get for them, I guess. Because Yakuza's pretty big. It has a big fan base. Mm-hmm. Um and then uh, they ended it with Assassin's Creed. And this was the other thing, is that they hyped up, both Ubisoft and Microsoft hyped up the Assassin's Creed reveal. And then it comes time at the end of the show where you're like, okay, maybe I didn't have like the best showing, but at least now I'm going to see like a really cool in-depth gameplay uh, event for for Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And then they just show a trailer that's like a minute long with in-game footage, but like no actual gameplay and then like they're like and that was it that was your first look and i was like oh man (laughs) so i don't know and to be fair maybe they were planning to have some more gameplay but because of the coronavirus thing and people have to work from homes i'm sure game development is a nightmare right now Uh, of all these developers having to work from home and it's difficult to transfer files because file sizes are very large. Right. And you know, like you send a file to someone and someone's like, Oh, um, that's not, you need to make a tweak here. And now you got to like resend that whole file. Maybe takes, you know, it's just, it's not simple. I'm sure. Right. So 
may, maybe that plays a small role, but I think this would have been a good event where like after you show off all the first party stuff or like at least the big AAA games where it's like, this is why you need a console and this is what it will do for you. That's where I think they made the mistake. Not the games, but the placement of when they revealed these games. Like if this was the same, but like, literally at the end of it they revealed halo then everyone would have been like oh my god this is the best conference ever (laughs) it's always funny right like people can base a whole conference off of like one game Mm -hmm. like nintendo could release nothing for like a 25 minute nintendo direct it's like all crap and then at the end they're like breath of the wild 2 and you're like best conference nintendo wins it's not (laughs) even close And it's like, okay, sure, but you're saying that that one game was better than everything else. And, you know, may, sometimes that happens. You're like, okay, it wasn't that great, but at least they made up for it with something cool at the end. But I don't know. I, I think they could have done a little bit better. That's why, like, if Assassin's Creed at least had, like, a really legit, like, in-depth gameplay uh, video at the end or something like that, then maybe it could have redeemed a little bit more. Um, so, again, recapping, I didn't think it was bad. I just think it could have been a lot better. Um I, I don't think they should have hyped it up as much as they did because I think it set a lot of maybe unfair expectations for people expecting something more uh, when that wasn't really what they were going to get here. On top of that, it was being streamed, so it doesn't look good. All, All right, right, just as a, as a disclaimer, like it doesn't look good. Those games could look incredible, but like it's being streamed over the internet and you're watching it on likely a 1080p screen. Like It, it doesn't look good. The only way that's going to look good is if you go back now and watch like the pre-recorded rendering version of it on UK or on on YouTube in 4K. Like that'll be the only way that it looks decent. Cuz like I I was watching this and like sure people are complaining about it, but I think it's unfair to judge the look of something over a stream like yeah, if everything looks like crap over over a stream, like I don't know. Yeah. Um yeah, so we'll see. But I'm super pumped for, for July. July is going to be a good month. Um, if Sony was smart, they would come out next month with uh, with their PS5 reveal. Yeah, they need to do something. They, they need to come out and do something. So uh, this week, there was some very light PS5 news. I say very light because it's just a marketing thing that happened here as opposed to something that can only happen on PS5. Uh, we're forgetting about the PS5 controller, actually. <laughs> we, we, we'll come back to that, because like, we're, we're talking about like the graphics and stuff right now. Okay. So I feel like this just fits in a little bit better. We'll come back to that for yeah. sure. It was just a kind um, of an older news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll come back to our thoughts on the controller. Um, the, uh, the Unreal Engine 5 demo or tech demo happened this week and I thought it was good. I, I thought it looked good, really good. But like, I really doubt it's used on a PS5. I think it was a computer. So I think there's a very good chance that it was used on a computer using, you know, PlayStation 5 specs. Like, you know, which is basically what everyone does. They send out like development kits or whatever and they're like, here's what the projected specs will be so start making your games now work with like within these parameters type thing um so this is a tech demo meaning that 
all tech demos look incredible and flawless because that's the whole point of them. And don't expect necessarily that to be what you're playing. Um, in this case, however, I do feel like it's a pretty good representation of what we will actually be able to do. Yeah, I didn't think it looked that insane. I mean, it looked insane, but like, it didn't seem unrealistic to what we can expect from next-gen games. Yeah, and, and in that way, I think it was a very good tech demo, because usually like, for like E3, you know, companies make like tech demos for their games that look incredible, and then by the time you actually get the game, we're like, now it doesn't look that good because it's just one specific section that they you, that they spend months on, like polishing and making sure it looks perfect. But they can't apply that to the entire game. Like Watch Dogs was infamous for that because it looks so good, and then people got the game, and they're like, it doesn't look that good. Right. Um. So you do have to take tech demos with a grain of salt, but I thought it looked pretty good. Um, they were emphasizing a lot with the lighting. Yeah. And essentially using, I guess, what they call like lumens and stuff. And uh, triangles. And the triangles. <laughs> Look at all those triangles. Um, yeah, using it for lighting and it looked to me like this is what ray tracing is supposed to bring, but instead of needing physical hardware for it, it has like within the engine, the ability to recreate all of these lighting algorithms and stuff without needing specific hardware to do it. Right. So that's pretty cool. Um, I think both of them do have hardware ray tracing. So they do both consoles will have the ability to, run all of that lighting and stuff regardless but it is cool if they are implementing that so developers can more easily take care of it because unreal engine is very popular tons of games use it so um only disappointing thing about that is that it comes out next year i think and they said maybe start expecting games like at the end of next year i just wish that it would have been ready for the launch of like these new consoles because that means that most of the stuff that you're going to be seeing is going to be off of Unreal Engine 4 for the, at least the first year. Mm-hmm. So it won't bring out like maybe the full potential of what you could see out of a lot of games for the first year, uh, at least the ones that use this. Um, but that's going to be another thing, is we got to hope that all these developers and stuff have um, uh, engine game engines that at least can adapt really well to the new consoles or have already been pre-made for the new consoles. That's one of those reasons why I'm so excited for Halo uh, Infinite because I think like a year into development, they were just like, look, like we're still working on this engine that has been used for like almost all of these Halos. Like we need to update it to make it run with new hardware and stuff. And they obviously know that Microsoft is making a new console. So they completely made an entirely new engine for Halo called Slipspace. And I'm super pumped because that's why I think that that game is going to look nuts because it's a brand new engine running on a brand new console. And I think out of any game that's released, that one will be like literally the one that was built day one specifically to take advantage of 100% of this hardware. So I'm super pumped for that. And I think that this demo kind of shows off why I would be excited because when you mix something that's new um, 
an engine that's new with a new console, I think you can see like where some of these benefits will take place. Um, so this is funny though, because this comes out and everyone's like going, Oh yeah. Like PS five, baby, here we go. <laughs> like, you know, and then, and then all the, the fanboys come out and they're like, see Xbox sucks. Like this is what Xbox shows off last week. And they show off, you know, some like stupid meme with like one of the games when from, from that show we talked about, and then they're like, and then here's the PS5, and it's like this perfect tech demo and stuff. It's like, first of all, again, this isn't a game, so like, chill. Second of all, Unreal Engine 5 isn't coming out for over a year. And third of all, you have no idea what launch games and stuff are actually going to look on this. I'm sure they will look good. So, um, yeah, it's kind of annoying with all those people. But then... <laughs> Then the Xbox fanboys come back out because then uh, it turns out that the game is running at 1440p at 30 FPS. The detective? Yeah. <laughs> so then all the Xbox fanboys now came back. <laughs> and they're all like, haha, I can't even run in 4K60 and all this nonsense. Oh, PS5 sucks. So, you know. Everyone needs to just chill because it's all stupid. But I did think that was interesting that it was running at 1440p and 30fps. Because it looks fucking incredible. And you probably wouldn't have really thought good. about it. Exactly. So I think that just shows that it's not about... Output. It's about the games. It's, it's it about comes game down to the games. And how to optimize. Yeah. Because if you were looking at that, like at no point was I was just like... Like, I, to be I, I frank, wouldn't like, have guessed uh, if someone told me it was running at 4K 60. And I, I, it's hard to tell the frame rates like when I'm watching it on like my phone and stuff like that. But if someone was like, oh, yeah, this is in 4K 60, I probably would have been like, yeah, it looks really good. And then it comes out after it was in 1440p, 30 FPS. And I was just like, oh, I had no idea. When you but, I, but sure, I guess now I can get angry. Yeah. <laughs> when you compare God of War and Red Dead 2 to all the other games that's come out in this current generation, you would not think it's in on the same system. Like Exactly. They are insane. Yeah, and, and that, that's what I was going back to with Halo 3 and Halo 4. They don't look remotely similar. They look right. incredible uh, at the end of the year, or at the end of the uh, lifespan. Um, yeah. Uh, and God of War was what two years ago now two and a half almost three years that's so weird to think about yeah i know well dude it's weird to think that this generation is over i mean it's technically not but you know what i mean yeah like that the next generation's already here mm -hmm. um but yeah it's i i thought it looked good um I don't think it matters that it was running at 1440p or 30fps. I think that as long as you thought that that looked good, then you think it looks good. <laughs> yeah, Who cares it was, if afterwards they're like, oh, it's only at 30fps or whatever. It was a show off the engine. It wasn't a show off how powerful the PS5 is. You know? I mean, it's a little bit of both, right? Because that's why Sony, I'm sure, paid them like, hey, show this off on the ps5 which i think is a little unfair again because it's a tech demo that game is never going to be made it does not exist it's literally just something that some people came up with to say hey let's do some stuff where like it shows off all of the new aspects of of the new engine 
Right. You know, and Sony was just like, hey, maybe we don't have a game ready right now, but they're about to show that off. And that wasn't a random thing, right? Like, I'm sure they've been working together for a while of like, hey, like, make sure that it looks really good and stuff because we're going to have you say that it was on the PS5. I mean, maybe it was on the PS5. I well, don't no, actually no, know. I, now that you told but, me it was 30 FPS and 14... 40p. 40p that it was probably... <laughs> You're like, yeah, it probably was on the PlayStation. <laughs> yeah, I believe it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see, but... I thought it looked fine. Um, but that's the thing, right? Like, maybe the games aren't ready to show off on the PS5 yet. Like, they need another month or two. So this gives them, like, that, hey, look at how good the game looks or games could look. In a year. And, you know, start setting your expectations for that. Because, again, like, the current uh, version of Unreal Engine 4 it has been updated to like to be able to make games for the the new consoles coming out but it's not made obviously specifically with those consoles in mind so that's where unreal engine 5 is going to help so it does suck that we're going to be getting a lot of games that aren't fully utilizing the consoles um but once all these engines and stuff get updated man yeah it's gonna i'm excited um good old 1440p um okay sony also randomly came out this week and said that they created playstation studios to brand their first party games under um sure (laughs) why not okay uh did you see the the video of it no so it's just the clip of like when you start a a first party PlayStation game of like what it will say. So like essentially they got rid of Sony Act interactive entertainment. Uh-huh. So you know how you start a, a, a first party game and it says Sony interactive entertainment presents right. uh-huh. like that's going to be gone and it'll be replaced with PlayStation studios. And it's essentially, it plays like a 17 second or so montage of some of their biggest first party characters uh, like Kratos, Nathan Drake, uh, Aloy and stuff and and then it comes to say PlayStation Studios it's almost identical to how Marvel, Marvel does yeah. it and also how uh, Xbox has done it with Xbox Game Studios so a little bit of copying but I don't really care it makes sense sure show off your people um, yeah um, so going back to some PlayStation stuff. Uh, Last of Us 2 was delayed again, obviously. Uh, that comes out June 19th, next month. Um, that was leaked. Not the release date, but supposedly the... I don't know if it was the ending of the game or just a couple of the biggest moments that or some big moments that happened in the game. We're not going to say any of them. Right. Um, I never read into the rumors. Yeah, I didn't but, touch anything. <laughs> But unfortunately, I did click on some tweets of articles saying that this had happened. And then the first thing that happens is like the first tweet is someone just saying something. Oh, that's ridiculous. 
because you know people need to troll. So I did see something. I don't know if it's true or if someone just made something up because there's rumors of the game and someone just like put something in there of like, oh, this happens. I don't know if it's true or not. If it is true, that sucks because you know if if what I saw was was what actually leaked, like I'm gonna be really annoyed because uh, it you know just spoils a game that tons of people are looking forward to like and you you have to feel bad for for sony and naughty dog because they've been spending such a long time on this game and you're finally like a month and a half or so out from release and then someone just releases what happens like and just ruins like all of this yeah it's a dick move did you see how it happened too uh i don't remember I think there was, they updated, I think, like, uh, was it the first Last of Us game or something like that? Or one of the Uncharted games or something? And it ended up opening up, like, this, like, area or something where, like, hackers could, like, get in and, like, eventually get deep into, like, Naughty Dog or something and extract some of their files. And some of the files that they were able to find were, like, some of the original... Uh, scripts and stuff for The Last of Us 2. So they took them and then they just stuck them online and leaked them. It was a completely random thing and they have since, you know, fixed that bug that let people in. But it's just like, how does someone even come across that? And then why do they have to ruin ruin all that it's just annoying yes yeah, they, they, they caught them but you know, i don't know i was i was really annoyed i hope what i saw wasn't isn't isn't true and i don't mean i hope that it isn't true but i at least hope that like it's still if that is true like when it happens in game or something like it's understandable or whatever i don't know it's, it just sucks um but yeah game comes out june 19th that's gonna likely be the next game that i purchase because I can not wait for that game. I still game. have to play the first one. Yeah, you really do need to get back through that again. <laughs> How much time did you put into it? Like two hours. Okay, so that's not too bad if you do have to replay it again, if you still can't get your save file to work. Yeah, it's just I've done this beginning part like four times now. Yeah, but the first three times were your fault for not continuing. This mm. one I'll let it slide because the save file got corrupted. <laughs> <laughs> what are you eating, by the way? This is a yummy ass granola bar. It has like chocolate and caramel. I, there's caramel. There's something sticky on there. Wait, I hope it's caramel. <laughs> what is it? It's sticky. It's really good. Hmm. I haven't eaten yet today. Oh, yeah. Well, I had some oatmeal and a little bit of coffee. I was thinking about grabbing a Mike's hard. (laughs) I mean, yeah. I'll say Kira Hangover. Nothing like a Mike's hard at 10 (laughs) a.m. Julie. No. Grab me a Mike's hard. (laughs) I love you. And I miss you. 
is that mm. is that legal to drink alcohol on a live stream? I I don't think they care. Are there rules against that? I don't like think so. alcohol and drug use and stuff while live streaming? I don't think so. I see people smoking blunts on stream. They just don't make money off of it. <laughs> <laughs> I would assume they'd get demonetized. Unless, of course, they're sponsoring that weed company. <laughs> Brought to you by Miller Lite. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, if I think you could get a third-party sponsorship on Twitch. <laughs> Miller Lite. Yeah, I don't think there's an issue with... It depends. They're, they're more concerned about, like, uh, sexual content and uh, uh, violence. Violence. Yeah, mm. you can't harm people on stream. Especially animals. You smack a dog and, like, you're banned for life. I know that's been a big thing recently, because there was that guy that, what, like, picked up his cat and, like, tossed it or something? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that was a pretty big controversy thing. I couldn't remember, though, because didn't it kind of look like he just tossed his cat and, like, like in a way that cats are often tossed not trying to, like, say... That yeah, that video specifically thing. wasn't that bad. And the video yeah. they showed hit, um, was a really bad angle and like made it look worse than it was and then they released a second video and it wasn't that bad yeah it looked like he was just tossing his but there's a there's a person that tossed their dog the same way they would toss a cat and that was really bad well see that's different because cats are like you know it's a different creature like you can not saying you should throw your cat but like if you toss your cat a little bit like they're gonna land on their feet whereas like a dog like just totally loses their sense of like where they are and you know can't land as well as a cat can yeah i was holding this kid the other day and it just and he dropped it <laughs> <laughs> no it just like didn't want to be in my arms anymore and it just tried to book it and so it just jumped out of my hands and i was just like jesus christ these fuckers could just jump and land anywhere they want they can dude that's like where the whole stereotype comes from of cats being able to land on their feet or like the saying, like you landed like a cat or whatever. I don't know. That's not the saying, but there's a saying that does involve that. I just can't think of it. Uh, uh, cat like reflexes. That's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Crap. What's that saying? I don't um, know. Where are we at? Where are we on the news? Are we talking about the controller yet? Uh, almost, almost. Um, so Last of Us Two, um, we are one month out from that. So super pumped. Uh, that will be my next game. Probably gonna pre-order it soon. Um, I had twenty dollars left on a prepaid Mastercard, so I put that onto my PlayStation specifically to put it towards uh Last of Us Two. So I'm excited. That'll be the next game that I purchase. Um, and then. After that, it might be Ghost of Tsushima. We'll see. I want to talk about that, too. I want to play that game, and I, I think it looks really good. I will wait for reviews. I do think it's going to be really good, and I, I likely will get it. But I think that's a game where I'm going to have to wait for reviews because maybe it like looks really good, and then it ends up being just like, this is really disappointing. I hope it's not. I hope I'm wrong. I do want the game. Um. Yeah, are we talking about the game at some point, too? Yeah, we will. Okay. Uh, let's see. 
Maybe we can come back to the Cooking Mama story later on. <laughs> or do you want to just go now and get it over with? Um, let's let's finish off the consoles. Okay. Um. So then let's uh, let's get into the PS5 controller. Uh. So Sony has released absolutely nothing on the PS5 except for that really boring GDC event. And then out of nowhere, like a month ago, they just are like, okay, here's the PS5 controller. Like no no like build up or anything like, hey, tune in on Tuesday or anything like that. It's just like, boom, here's an article and here's our PS5 controller. And this is why I say that everything has worked in Microsoft's advantage because even when Sony finally has come out to do something, whether it was the GDC thing, or this controller reveal, everything benefited Xbox. So the moment this controller was revealed, the number one like trending topic was Xbox controller, not PlayStation controller, because all people did was say that it's now an Xbox controller. <laughs> I didn't get that, though. I didn't think it looked like an Xbox controller. Minus, minus the thumbstick placement. I thought it looked more like a Nintendo Switch... Um pro controller it's like thinner the xbox is still chunky and yeah the thumbsticks are in a different placement too so it's mainly the thumbsticks for me that would say it's not an xbox controller but i think the overall shape they they have now finally gone away from that like classic playstation controller look right and they've just fully embraced that, like, yeah, the the style of controller that the Xbox and that Nintendo have gone with is the most popular, and it seems to be, like, the, the best standard. thing that, that most people like or right. prefer. Um, and that, that's essentially where the whole Xbox thing comes from. Because before, like, PlayStation had a very specific controller. They were very small. Uh, PS4 was the first one to actually have a different controller, and it was still very similar. They kind of just extended uh, the the hand holds. Yeah, the change the from the that, PS4 that controller hold. to like the other ones were insane. Yeah, um, and in my opinion, it was for the better. I think the PS4 controller is by far no no exceptions. By far the best PlayStation controller ever made. Yeah, definitely. Um, battery is terrible worst yeah, battery life in any controller um but besides that it's the best controller that sony has ever made um so when you see this controller i think it's also the color scheme that like because it's white and most people like now have white playstation or xbox controllers i think there's just like that aspect where sony is always launched with a black controller so when you combine the color along with the now like longer uh, hand holds and stuff and the extra width of it. I, I, I think that's where people are coming in with the Xbox stuff. Um, I think it's a good prediction of what the console is going to look like. I think so too. I think it's going to be a sleek looking motherfucker. I think they're going to go very futuristic looking. Yeah. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. Hopefully it's not like too well, it depends. Did you ridiculous? Did you, do you like the design of the controller? I think it's fine. I prefer a black controller because your hands and stuff start sweating, and like the white, it's easier to see. You know, like those the remains grime. of like uh, yeah, 
especially like those buttons and stuff, I think that a dark one would look a little, you know, cleaner. I mean, this, this looks very clean, but white gets dirty very quickly. Um, I do think though that it sets up a lot of really cool color combinations for future uh, controllers with right. two tones. Um, I think Microsoft is, like I said, along with the consoles, I think their custom controllers have been killing it. Their controllers are so sick. You can even literally go on their website and build an entire custom controller on your own. You can pick the color choice of literally everything on the controller, from the buttons to the thumbsticks to the the triggers, um, it, literally everything you can customize. Um, super cool. Uh, I think it's a little extra. I think it's like $10 extra compared to a regular controller. We can get a fully customized controller in all the colors and stuff that you want. It could be super ugly. You can make it super cool. You can customize someone for their birthday for their favorite sports team or something. Um, and I hope they continue that to the next-gen consoles, because I'm sure they will. But I feel like Sony here uh, has a chance to make some pretty cool ones, too, because it looks like they're going with this two-tone thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope it's sick. Yeah, uh, and then it looks like they got rid of the light bar and they just switched it to being on the sides of it. Yeah. I don't know. They're like little strips or something. Yeah, and it looks like it's not going to come off the back anymore like the light bar mainly did. So when the PS4 controller first came out, the light bar was only on the back of the controller. And then about halfway through the PS4 lifespan, they updated the PS4 controller to having a little see-through bar at the top of the touchpad. Yeah. So that way, which makes sense because a lot of times it's hard to see the actual light because it's on the back of the controller. So if you're trying to use the light for like health or something like that, like you don't always see it. Mm -hmm. But now it's like right there front and center on the controller. So it makes sense for them to move that light to the sides here. And it's also on both sides. So it might draw your attention to it a little bit more. Um, it's not that big of a deal because I've literally only seen it being used for like health or when you get in, hit in in games yeah or if there's an enemy nearby or something yeah uh they did keep the touchpad which also surprised me um because again that's not really used in games other than like a menu button right but hopefully since they're keeping it they'll put some more support into it um switching to USB-C, of course uh does have a built-in battery um so the Xbox One X, uh, or sorry, the Xbox Series X controller, their new one, does not have a built-in battery. They still did not stick with that. Um, they claimed that when they were interviewing most of their people, they wanted the option. Which, to be honest, I'm okay with. I'm okay with the option. Yeah. Like, if you want to have a rechargeable battery, it, it does suck that you have to purchase one. It's not, like, included, and you can take it out if you want to still use batteries. So you will still have to purchase it. I already have one uh, for my current Xbox controller, so I'll just put it into the new one. But uh, they are switching to USB-C as well, so that'll help since every controller in console now will just be USB-C. And the uh, I'm okay with batteries. Because I'm going to be honest, like I'm sitting here playing Halo the other night and the battery dies and I'm just like, oh my God, like now I have to go sit literally inches from my TV because my console is plugged into my TV stand and everything. I have to sit within inches of my TV trying to play a first person shooter on a 55 inch TV. Like it's not comfortable. Dude, that's why you get a cord that's like 100 feet. 
<laughs> yeah, but now you have this stupid cord going through your yeah your living room and or your bedroom wherever your TV is, and then you got to put it away, and then you might trip on it, and then the cord is connected to your console, and it pulls the console off the shelf, and it falls and breaks. You know, this is just it just adds in obnoxious stuff happening. So I I don't know, it just annoys me, but. For some people that will work, yeah. But for people that maybe have like a little bit of OCD on that side, like me, like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, like I'm okay with there being an option because if suddenly the controller does die and you do have like other batteries or something, or like a friend comes over and you don't have time to charge the other controller or something like that, but you can just take the batteries out of the TV remote or something and just pop them in. Sure. I don't see an issue with that. So it, it's all good, in my opinion. Um, there were two main things that I thought were interesting when they introduced this controller. And it's kind of the two main differences besides the uh, look and feel of it. So, first of all, they changed the name to DualSense. So DualShock is gone. And which makes sense because DualShock was for like Rumble and Rumble is like not a new inventive feature anymore. Right. Which is funny because in the PS3, they dropped the Rumble initially. Worst mistake you remember that? The PS3, the PS3 controller launched without Rumble so and they stupid. called it the 6-axis. They removed Rumble and added motion controls and then people complained so much that they brought back the DualShock 3 which put rumble back into it. I wonder why they did that. It must've been for cost reasons, right? They put the motion sensors in and we're just like, Hey, we got to cut costs somewhere. So let's just take out the rumble and the motion. Like, sensors really? The rumble. Really yeah. They weren't even good. And very few games used it again. Like every game uses rumble. Very few games are going to use the six axis thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's just one motion sensor that you stick on the controller. I don't see why that would need to be replaced with the, rumble motors unless again the six axis thing was expensive so they had to cut costs but come on guys what if they released this controller and they were like so it's the dual sense uh no longer shock we got rid of the rumble (laughs) (laughs) but it looks like an xbox controller (laughs) uh no so uh they added two cool things that hopefully are good so one of them it has a built-in microphone that's dope. So you you can chat with friends without needing a headset because their audio will just come out of your TV speakers and you can speak just normally and the mic on the controller will pick it up. Now, who they say it's ideal for jumping into a quick conversation and then they do say, but of course, if you're planning to chat for longer periods, uh, it's good to have a headset handy. They do say that in the article right. with the controller. So I don't think it's going to replace headsets where... You're going to be like, oh man, this sounds so good and I don't have to wear a headset. This is great. I think this is literally for just like, you know, you go to invite someone to a party really quick and you chat for them for a little bit during this. But then the moment you jump into a game, like you're going to want to put on an actual headset. I wonder if this is going to be a good thing for voice command. Turn on your system by talking to your controller. I don't know because then the the controller wouldn't be on it would have to be an always on controller in which case because it's wireless it would always be dead 
Uh, like, you, you know what I'm saying? It would have to yeah. always be on to listen to you. Right. Plus, if you have the controller, you just hit the PlayStation button and it'll turn it on. But once the console is on, it would probably help for voice controls of being able to say, like, uh, you know, uh, open God of War or something. Right. Because you can do that with your regular headset. If you plug your headset in, you can do uh, you can start using the voice commands. So maybe voice commands will become more popular with this controller because you can use them without having to put a headset in specifically for like single player games and stuff Mm -hmm. like you no longer have to like most people probably don't wear a headset during single player games and stuff unless they have like family around or other people or something. Right. Um, Yeah. So I I thought that was a really cool addition, Um, assuming that it does sound decent or at least gets the job done in the meantime until you can plug a headset in or something. Um, and then the last thing that was cool is the triggers. Unfortunately, they look like they're the same triggers from the PlayStation four, meaning that they're not going to be perfect. And also they're also the stand for the controller. So when you set the controller down, it often clicks the triggers and if you have a game on, yeah, that's my main issue with the controller. I'll just put it down and then it starts doing a bunch of crap. Yeah. So the bottom of the triggers is the resting point for the back of the controller. Whereas the Xbox, the physical controller comes under the triggers and the triggers are inlaid into the controller. So when you rest the the controller down, it's just resting against the plastic. It's not resting against the triggers. Um, Having said that, these also still aren't real triggers. Like it's kind of just a a button, you know, but it it looks like it's the same type of trigger in the PlayStation 4, which again is the best trigger that they've ever made. In fact, it's the only triggers they've ever actually made. But I feel like they could have been better. The Xbox triggers are literally completely, they're very thick and they're sculpted specifically for your fingers to wrap around them and they feel really good. Uh, and they're just like nice, big, meaty triggers. Uh, these ones are still pretty small and plasticky, so I, I don't know. It is what it is. I, I would have liked an improvement with the triggers. Um, but they did add rumble motors to the triggers. They called them tension triggers. So this is the second part that I think is pretty cool, that when you use the triggers, it can adjust the the tension of of the of like pulling the trigger so like sometimes it can be like really easy i'm guessing to pull the trigger and other times it might be a little bit harder like if you're playing in a game with a bow like maybe like it's a little bit harder to pull it all the way back like the the trigger can essentially adjust depending on what the developer tells them that they're using in the game uh-huh um to me, this seems like it could be really cool, but it's one of those things where it's only going to be cool if people actually use it. Because a lot of these gimmicks, people don't actually develop their games to take advantage of them. Um, the Xbox One introduced something really cool with their controller when it came out, which was rumble motors in the triggers. So it has the regular rumble motors in uh, each uh, handhold. 
And then it also has a smaller motor in each individual trigger. So a lot of games don't use them, but a lot of first party games do. So for example, Forza uses it. So when you slam on the brakes with the left trigger, that motor in that trigger, you can feel it start to pulse the same way like a brake uh, braking in your car does. Right. So it, it just adds like a little bit of extra immersion. It sounds really cool. Or you slam on the right trigger to give it the gas and like it'll vibrate because you can feel that your tires are spinning out. Um, or like as you go through corners, like if you take a really hard like right turn, then you'll feel like the left one like vibrating a little bit more. So it's really cool. Um, and then the same thing with uh, with uh, Halo, for example. Every time you pull the trigger and you shoot a gun, like that right trigger, it it will like vibrate to give you like more of a sensation of you actually pulling a trigger. So it seems to me like Sony's kind of taking that. Right. What Xbox did with the Xbox One controller and adding it to theirs and maybe improving it a little bit. We'll see. Uh, but again, it just depends on if people actually use it because there are yeah. gimmicky things that people add to controllers all the time and no one takes advantage of it. Uh, the touchpad is one of them. Yeah, it's so underutilized. Yeah. And then it just essentially becomes an extra button. Which is actually used a lot. <laughs> the button itself is used a lot. The touch part isn't. Well, see, that happened because the select button disappeared. Because uh, they replaced the select button with the capture button. Right. So you essentially lost a button on the controller that could be used for options or uh, you know, pulling up a map or something like that because there was no more select button. That was one of the issues with the Xbox One controller is that it didn't have a capture button. Like it kind of did, but then they realized that a lot of people need that button for like pulling up a map and stuff like that. So it became like you have to put the push the Xbox button and then you hit X or Y to either record like a, a picture or a video or something. So now with the new Xbox uh, Series X controller, they did add like an official capture button so you don't have to deal with that anymore. Yeah, I don't know why more controllers don't just add more buns. I'd be totally okay with more buns on a controller. I think it's about simplicity. Like, if you have a controller where there's 20 buttons... Well, there might be 20 buttons on them now. I don't know, I'm not counting specifically. But if let's say there's a lot of buttons. Then it just becomes, like, it's too hard to, like, manage... And now it's just like, oh, there's a button for everything. And then it's just like, oh, man, like this is really cumbersome. And I don't remember <laughs> all this stuff. You know, same thing like with keyboards, right? If you try to get a regular person to like play a PC game, no one remembers what like uh, P does. What does P do? Yeah. You know, it's, it's just a random. It's, it's like it's too much where you're looking at this big keyboard and there's like 100 keys on it. And you're just like, I don't. It, it's almost intimidating. You're like, wait, if I push the number nine, does that do anything? What if I push plus? And then you have to remember all these different key patterns. And I think for a lot of people, like that's just not something that they want to do. Right. Whereas a controller, it's like, okay, A, B, X, Y, or triangle, square, uh, circle, X, you know, like, um, which actually didn't Sony come out and say it's a cross, not an X. Uh, 
It's a stupid argument, but I Maybe. think Sony said it's actually technically a cross. It's a cross button, not an X. Probably. Sounds like something Which, it would do. Yeah. Which I, I guess technically makes sense because the others are shapes. Yeah. So for that to be like a letter, but the others are shapes, I guess it would make sense that it's also a shape. But I don't know who says, hey, hit the cross button. Everyone's just going to say, hit the X button. Yeah. Hey, do me a favor. Hit that cross. Hit that cross button. Why isn't the, Jesus on that cross button? <laughs> <laughs> Wrong cross, Alec. Oh. Shit. Wrong time period. If <laughs> Jesus had a PlayStation, I think the, I think a lot of things would have been different. I think God of War probably would have never happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so we'll see. Overall, I, I, I'm excited for this controller. I think it will be their best controller to date. Um, I just wish they would have changed the triggers a little bit more. That's probably my big thing. Whereas Microsoft, right? Microsoft was just like, hey, we already have a controller that's universally liked and no one really complains about it. So let's not fix what isn't broken. And it's mostly the same. I think they thinned out the grips a little bit. Um, yeah, they said they were making it slightly smaller, which I liked because that's my only issue with the Xbox controllers, too big. Yeah, which I think it feels perfect because I went back from playing the PlayStation for a while to going through Halo again. So I've been using the Xbox controller, and the moment I picked it up and put my hands around it, I was like, oh my god, this just perfectly fits in your hand. Whereas the PlayStation controller, it just feels like a typical controller where like you're holding it to do stuff, but the Xbox controller just molds like perfectly into my hands. It's beautiful. I was like, oh my god, I've missed this. So hope hopefully the, the PS5 controller feels a little bit more like that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so they thinned out the grips a little bit. They added a share button, and they add a little bit more grip texture, I believe, to the triggers, and then switched the the cable port from micro USB to USB C. Which thank God, because micro USB is like the worst of the USBs. I mean, they were fine when everybody was using it, but as soon as everybody started using C. I don't know why it took them so long to migrate over. I just, I hate micro USB. I hate it more than regular USB. Because re- like USB-A, just the regular USBs, like it's at least big enough to where like you can see the port and you know it's there and you can like put it in. Like maybe it's like upside down so you just switch it or whatever. But the micro USB, the ports are so small that like sometimes you have like really have to like try to jam it in there. Yeah. For me, it's it was just an obnoxious size. fit. That was the issue. It's just again, like as soon as... uh. Like, I had phones that used that USB to charge, and then all of a sudden, when I started getting these new phones, did they change to USB-C, and then the console still using the old one. I'm just like, God damn it. They're not compatible. Yeah. Well, that's why it's going to be nice once uh, these new consoles come out, and they're all going to be using USB-C, because the Switch uses USB-C for the Pro Controller. Yeah, and dude, now you can just I have, love- like, one cable to charge all your controllers. Sometimes when I'm trying to charge my switch, I can't find the actual charger, and I just pull up my phone charger and plug it in. Yeah, it won't charge it as fast, and if you use it while you're charging it with that, it's just going to die slower. But right. but at least you can. Yeah, that's the great thing that they went with USB-C. 
Um, but yeah, God, I hate micro USB, especially on the Xbox controller. It's really hard to get the thing in there. It's just obnoxious. Um, but yeah. Um, and then let's see. Is that mostly it? I think so. Now we can just get on to some of the smaller stuff that happened this week. Yeah. So going over to what what we did for two months. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two remasters are coming in September. About fucking yeah, time. Yeah, I know. Way overdue. I, I'm really happy for Tony. I, I feel like Tony has been going downhill, like not as a person, but like in we, terms we of like popularity in the gamings. Damn, we got breaking news. What? Fred Willard died. Who? Fred Willard. That old uh, dude from Anchorman. Oh. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it from Corona? Uh, Everyone's dad from Corona. They're all Corona dads. <laughs> it's the new hip thing. No, I think he was just old age. He was 86. I mean, it's hard to tell because, like, that's like literally like prime Corona stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I, who knows? And even if he didn't but die from the sucks. coronavirus, yeah. it's going to be labeled as a coronavirus death. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, he he coughed at some point. Yeah. He he was he died during the time of the coronavirus, so it's a coronavirus death. <laughs> <laughs> well, rest in peace to him. Uh, great movie. Um. Yeah, he was a lot. I didn't, of, I didn't remember him from his name, but he's been in a lot of movies. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know his name either. But just seeing his picture, I'm just like, oh no, not this guy. I've seen him before. Yeah. Well, that's sad, but it is what it is. Life is life. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, uh, getting back to Tony Hawk, um, I've kind of felt bad because a lot of the games that he released you know, after like the heyday of when like Tony Hawk's pro skater was like the game, they weren't that great. Like just overall, a lot of them didn't get good reviews. They came out with Tony Hawk's pro skater five, not too long ago. Right. But like, it just was trash. Like it was made by a bad developer and I don't think it was good at all. I think even like little Wayne was in it. Like, okay, sure. Like as an actual playable character. Right. Um, so I like this going back to their roots of just like, hey, you know what? These two games like technically are still very good. Like when you play them, there's nothing wrong with them. They just don't look good. So now they're just totally redoing the visuals. They're adding some cool stuff with like online play. Um, and then they're also adding in like a better like park creator. So you can make your own parks. And now because of online infrastructure, like you can actually save your own parks and like upload other people's parks that they've made and stuff like that. Um, so full remasters of the first and second game. And then also, uh, almost most importantly, uh, most of the soundtrack is going to be coming back. Uh, they couldn't get all of it because of licensing reasons and stuff, but that awesome, like early 2000 soundtrack, that game is just like the pinnacle of like early to mid two thousands, like that whole series. Yeah. Like everyone was skateboarding because of Tony Hawk, dude. I sucked at skateboarding. Um, I could you do a wave board, the one with like one wheel on the front and one in back. Mm-hmm. But I, I could just I couldn't skateboard, but I love the Tony Hawk games. Yeah. Same. Um 
yeah, so to get both with new features uh, for 40 bucks and brand new graphics, I think that's pretty good. For two uh, I wish it was coming out, yeah, I wish it was coming out a little bit earlier and not September. Like, if he dropped that and they were like, it's out, like, today or tomorrow, I think their sales would have been way higher. Like, fucking Mario, Paper Mario, came out of nowhere. I had no idea that it was coming, and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, this comes out in, like, a month. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like, where did this come from? <laughs> it, it wasn't even part of an event or anything. It was literally just a trailer. Nintendo just is, and what's funny is that that was the day that like Sony's been hyping up their Ghost of Tsushima video, and then just like a couple hours before that, Nintendo's just like, yeah, you know, I just put out this trailer for Paper Mario. Who cares what anyone else is doing? <laughs> just just steal the thunder away from Sony and just uh, release that Paper Mario video. Oh, and uh, tell them that it's out in literally like two months. <laughs> it's out tomorrow. <laughs> But if if uh, if they did that with Tony Hawk, I think that would have been crazy. Yeah, like the fact that it doesn't come out until September, I think is going to hurt because so much hype immediately got built up from that, and people are excited for it. But when September starts coming around, that's after all the big game ha- games have already been announced for the rest of the year, and now there's other big stuff that is going to take away from that and like people are going to be like oh like i want tony hawk and i would have i'd buy it now but now i know that like the new xbox and playstation are coming out and i want to get halo and all this stuff and like that's going to be it's, a lot of money so i guess i'll try to save the 40 bucks on tony hawk maybe yeah and isn't that the same month as cyberpunk i think so they're t- obviously two totally different games i know um but i i people are gonna be so busy playing that game that they're not gonna get underground until after they beat it pro skater it's not underground or pro skater whatever i want need um, for speed underground remake or remaster or just a sequel or something let's go yeah but boom 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 that was the best soundtrack in any game boom it really was. Oh my god, dude! Those early two thousands to mid two thousand soundtracks <laughs> were straight fire. Like everyone was. That was just like the time, you know, when like video games were starting to become like pop culture. Like not just like only nerds play it, you know, but like everyone literally plays video games. It was an underground. Uh, what would you call it? Like a club. It was an underground club. You were, it's like, hey man, you play that underground Need for Speed? It's just like, oh, you're part of the club. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it, and that came out at the perfect time too, because it was when exhibits like Pimp My Ride was super popular. Mm-hmm. And that was literally just like, okay, here's a car. You can customize it to literally do anything you want. The customization of that game was nuts. Yeah. You could change the gauges, you could add neon lights. They had hundreds of different like body kits and stuff for every single individual vehicle. It was crazy. You could add like, uh, scissor doors onto your car like a Lambo like oh man like that game was crazy I've never seen that level of customization in a game for cars you know in a long time and they kind of went away from that but hopefully uh, we said that they're going back to Need for Speed with the uh, the Burnout franchise so hopefully the next Need for Speed is actually good but we'll see uh, but yeah, I'd love remakes of that. Um, so yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, hopefully um, those games come out, and I don't see how they would be bad unless they're just buggy. 
Yeah. Otherwise, they're just straight remakes of games that are basically classics um, with newer features and better graphics. Um, they didn't say that it's coming out on the newer consoles. Um, just Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. They did say Switch, right? Or no, is there, it's not Switch. I don't think it's coming out on Switch. And that, yeah, I feel like this is a perfect game for Switch. I, I agree. Just pick it you're up. Just out, play, play yeah, you're, you're at a park and you're just like, hey, let me just roll around uh, on the skateboard and like collect some skate letters. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, you got to do it at home. So I don't know. Uh, I, I wish it was. I would assume that you'll be able to play it on the Xbox Series X and PS5. Just it's not going to be updated specifically for that. But maybe at some point they'll update it to better run with that hardware. So, yeah, that was cool. That was a nice little random. Su- there was a lot of just random surprise announcements this week. So the yeah. PlayStation Studios was one. Uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater remake was one. Unreal Engine Five one was random. P- Paper Mario completely random. I, I the Nintendo one is probably the weirdest one to me. Yeah, because it's just like, why did you guys release this now and not like in your like whatever your E3 Nintendo Did you hear about it before? Be. Like any rumors? Because I felt like it was yes. one... Th- oh, okay, you have. Because I've been hearing so, about remastered for a Mario game, and they were saying yeah. that the N64 one's being remastered or Sunshine or one of those games. Um, but I heard nothing them. about Paper Mario. Yeah, I thought it was so, like a really well-kept secret. So I feel like maybe it was a few weeks ago or so. But there were rumors that came out that because this is, I think, Mario's 35th anniversary. Right. Um, they're going to go full out on the Mario stuff. And supposedly they were saying that there's going to be a new Paper Mario game um, as well as some full on remakes of a lot of the 3D Mario games, including Mario 64, Sunshine and Galaxy. And so my guess is that all of the remakes would come in like one package and it would be like the Mario trilogy you know, thing. HD collection or something uh-huh. like that. Yeah. That'd be sick. Um, and that would be super sick because we know that if Nintendo is doing this, that they're going to make sure that all of those games like are legit running really well and they're going to look really good. Um, and what, what was weird is that the rumors didn't mention galaxy two. So I feel like it'd be weird to put Galaxy on there, but not Galaxy 2. But the Galaxy controls have to be completely redone because that was done specifically with the Wii Remote in mind. Right. And there's a lot of, like, pointing and stuff. So I don't think we could expect a Mario Galaxy remaster 1 and 2 with a collection of all the other ones. I think it's just going to be the N64 and Sunshine. Well, the, the rumors do say Galaxy. I know, but they just don't mention Galaxy Two. It just seems because that that seems like a lot of game for one package. I don't. I think they're going to package Galaxy One and Two. It's Mario's thirty-fifth anniversary. Yeah, but it's also Nintendo, and they want to make money. I think they're going to package Galaxy One and Two as its own separate thing, and then package N sixty-four and Sunshine as its own thing. I don't know. I don't know about. See, I never played Sunshine. What? What? I I didn't oh, have a GameCube dude. when it first came out. I got a GameCube later. 
You're gonna uh, love but it. But I never got around to playing Sunshine. There's a couple of annoying um, parts, but you're gonna love it. See, I, I I hear people either love it or hate it. A lot of people think it was like one of the best ones, or a lot of people just think it was not good. I mean, there hasn't been a bad Mario game. <laughs> Name me one bad Mario game. No, no, no. Sure, I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that people thought it was bad. Just like right in, in terms of Mario quality, it was probably the one that they thought was the worst. It was the most. Uh, no, I wouldn't say unique. It's kind of unique, but like, I don't know. I liked it. It's a good game. You're gonna like it because aren't there parts of uh, that that also use the GameCube controller specifically? Like I heard that for the water spring. The GameCube had like triggers that you could measure, you know, like depending on whether how hard you're pulling the trigger. Yeah. And that would depend on how much water you're spraying. So with the Switch, it doesn't have those uh, sensor triggers. It's just either on or off. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people were wondering how they would make an adjustment to that. It's not something that's like you can't beat the game if it doesn't have it. But wouldn't you kind of technically run out of water really, really quickly? Because you're always, you'd always be at full. See, that's the thing. They'll have to make adjustments based on using just regular Switch hardware. And that was what I was saying with Galaxy. If they remake Galaxy too, like there are specific moments in that game that use the Wii Remote. Right. So you'll have to make an. Ad- I think it'd be easier to adjust, adjust the entire though, game. In Galaxy, I think it'd be a lot harder to adjust Galaxy than it would Sunshine. Because with Sunshine, all you would do is just make, no matter what you shoot at, just the same level. And it just adjusts how much water is used. But I feel like Galaxy would work because you could still have, there's still motion controls on the controllers, aren't there? Yeah... So I, th- I was but thinking, not, it would still work. but it's not a, it's not really a pointing system unless you have the Joy Cons in your hand, right. and then you'd have to make it so people can't play with the Pro Controller, and then it would also be difficult to play on a Switch Lite. Right. Does the Switch Lite have motion controls in it? It does. So you can still like move around for camera angles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. I don't know. I guess we'll see. But supposedly that's the rumor. Um, So there are also rumors that the event that Nintendo would have had during E3 uh, in June, because of the coronavirus stuff, it's being delayed into July. So I think that's their play here with releasing Paper Mario, is that they had a release date for this game and where they think it fits in best in their lineup. And if they wanted to release it in July, maybe that would have worked if they were able to announce it in early June when E3 would have been and go like, hey, it's out next month. Come and play this game. Right. But now because they have to delay their direct supposedly into July, it becomes really difficult where you've invested a lot of money in this game. And this is, you know, a big a big game, a new Paper Mario game. And if you literally go it's out next week like you want more build up for that obviously than a week for a big game like this so i guess they kind of had no choice but to just be like all right we either have to push the game back and that affects the rest of our lineup or just put out a trailer now and say it's out in two months to build up some hype for it and i i'm guessing that's what it was Mm -hmm. 
I hope it's good. Cause I didn't like I haven't liked any of them since thousand year door door. Just yeah, that like, that was the second one, right? Yeah. Yeah, and then I haven't liked any of the other ones after. Cause it, the it one from, the one on the Wii was okay. It was okay, but it went from like an RPG to more of an action game. Yeah, that's the big like issue that people have with it now. Yeah. Um and then I heard but this I one play the sticker. This one looks one. good. The sticker one I hear is the worst. Yeah. I just heard it was just really easy. Yeah. There's like nothing uh, to do. Yeah, but I looked at the trailer for this one and so far I think it looks really cool. I think the origami aspect is really interesting and totally fits into like the whole paper thing. It looks um, really nice. That's all I care yeah. about. It just looks really good. Yeah. And it did look like they're going back to more of an RPG style, like a turn-based thing with some few like differences of like, it looks like there was like a puzzle type thing where like there were like five circles within each other and each like bad guy was on a different circle. And Uh if you're able to get like all of them lined up together, then like your move of attack can attack all of them instead of just one of them at a time. Uh So it looks like there's like more intricate, like stuff, at least at some points, I don't think every battle is going to take place on five circles or whatever, but it looked it looked interesting and it looks like it's going back more to its roots along with the cool origami style. So we'll see. Um But yeah, uh that was cool and totally random. Yeah. And it's out in two months. Great. Nintendo has honestly been killing it. I feel like every few months Nintendo has been coming out with a really good game. Yeah. Like, there's no more than, like, a four-month gap, I feel like, before Nintendo, like, puts out another one of their just, like, really good games. Um, all right, so going back to the Mario rumors. On the last podcast, I talked about how I thought Breath of the Wild 2 was coming out this year. I have since changed my mind because of these rumors coming out i don't think that they're going to release breath of the wild and all of these mario games yeah, in the same no. year i don't think there's any need for them to uh, financially it doesn't make sense releasing all of them and it you know if, if this is the year of mario then just hold off on zelda and then on top of that zelda gets a whole nother year of development and stuff like that so I'm backing off of my Zelda claim for this year. However, Nintendo has been trying to put out a Zelda game once a year, and there's nothing so far on any type of Zelda this year. So I'm curious if we're going to get some type of Zelda remake, or if they're just going to take a break from Zelda this year. And then I think next year is Zelda's 35th anniversary, I think. Yes. Possibly. Maybe. Um, I believe it is. So that would be a perfect year to then maybe put out another remake or two of Zelda games leading up to Breath of the Wild 2. Just fucking port over the HD remakes onto the Switch. Just do it. Yeah. I, I mean, don't know honestly. Why they're waiting on it. Just put out Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD on the Switch. You know, make them run a little better, look a little better on the Switch now. 
And then on top of that, remake Ocarina of Time in HD as well. I've been wanting to play Twilight Princess because I still haven't finished it. I always get to a certain point and I never finish it. I, I love like Twilight Princess. Replaying it. Twilight Princess to me is essentially like the HD remake of Ocarina of exactly. Time. And that's why I love it so much. I agree. And a lot of people criticize it for that. And they go, oh, it's just Ocarina of Time. But in my opinion, Ocarina of Time is the greatest game of all time. Yeah. So if it's just Ocarina of Time, but like reskinned a little bit yeah. and like darker, you know, yeah, a little bit darker, like I'm okay with that. I have no issues with that. I agree. And Ocarina of Time is just the 3D version of Link to the Past. Which was also that one's a little harder to bring together. I, I I agree, but it's a little harder to like compare them because they are this like such different like art style wise and like game type gameplay. Yeah, it's a little bit different. Yeah, whereas Twilight Princess and Ocarina of Time are literally big open three D Zelda games. But like, if, I don't know. I don't know. So that's why I was just disappointed that they remade it for the three DS because I'm just like now maybe they'll never remake Ocarina of Time on console because they'll just go oh we already remade it for the 3ds which was wasn't a bad port or anything like that they just need to bring it over to the switch they need to bring a lot of the games that they have on the 3ds and wii u and wii and just bring it over to the switch yeah i don't know why it's so hard for them to do that specifically a ocarina of time hd remake right see if they did what they did with ocarina of time with like final fantasy 7 I would lose my mind. <laughs> oh my god! But then they would release like five different games for that one game, and every but game is going to be like. But it's different though, because like it, it's not. I don't need it to be that big, right? I don't need them to add that much new content or anything. Like not even new content, really, right? Like if they just literally built it from the ground up in a new engine. I would like, think like some maybe more modern day side stuff. quests or like elaborate on certain characters. Sure. But not nothing where it's like game <laughs> you spend changing. Forty hours just getting the first three medallions, and then you have to get a new game for the other ones. Yeah, see that would annoy me. Yeah, I want to talk about Final Fantasy VII at some point. Doesn't whenever it lines up. With... Okay, yeah, yeah. We we haven't gotten to what we were doing before yeah. uh, today, so yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, I. I would assume that some sort of HD collection is coming out, and then the year after that, I would assume that Metroid is coming out, and I think that they'll take the Metroid Prime collection and remaster that in HD and release that um, the summer of twenty twenty two before the Metroid before Prime. Metroid comes out mm-hmm. that fall is my guess. Yeah, I think we're gonna see a lot of HD remakes coming out from Nintendo. Yeah, because like they've already taken those controls and stuff, and they remaster them for the the collection for uh, on the Wii, um, and then uh, the, I guess they would have to redo the controls again because they remastered. See, that was cool. So Metroid Prime Three was obviously designed to use the Wii remote, and then when they came out though with the Metroid Prime Collection they changed the whole control system for Metroid Primes 1 and 2 to also use the Wii Remote. 
So it became the best versions of those games because using the Wii Remote was perfect for Metroid. It was the perfect control method for Metroid. Mm -hmm. So they'd obviously have to change that again. But I think I think that's what's going to happen. I think this is the year of Mario. Next year is the Mario or the year of Zelda, and the year after is going to be the year of Metroid. I think that's how it's it's now going to go. If I had to predict that, I think it's a good prediction. That is where I stand. Uh, let's see. Uh, video game spending is up. I mentioned that earlier. Halo 2 Anniversary is now on PC, people. There was yeah. never a better time for me to get into Halo, and I still don't play it. <laughs> there really... Ha- well, you'd still need Halo 3 and 4, and then Halo 5 isn't coming to the collection. I know, but something to get me, like, get my feet, dip my feet into something, get into the Halo universe. Yeah, um, for sure. I have been replaying through the Halos because Halo Infinite is coming out this year and I'm stuck in quarantine, so there's literally no better time to go through these games again. Uh, I played and finished the first Halo uh, on Sunday. And I, I have to say, that game holds up remarkably well for being a first-person shooter from like 2000 and when did that come out? 2002 or 2003? It holds up very well. Now, granted, it is slow because obviously shooters are like very fast paced now. But man, for like even going back to that, I still think it holds up very well. And it's 100% playable. Like at no point are you just like, oh man, this game like is trash. You know, because a lot of times you go back to your older games and you're just like, oh, it clearly doesn't look as good as I thought it did or anything like that. It it holds up very well. Um, And honestly, I think it looks pretty good too. Um, now I'm into Halo 2, and I've got three levels left in Halo 2. Um, but yeah, Halo 2 Anniversary is now on PC, fully remastered, looks great, um, totally brand new cutscenes, redone audio, everything's super awesome. Uh, I totally forgot that Halo 2, I was playing a level, um, it's really cool, when you're playing the Anniversary Edition, if you hit the, uh, the back button or whatever the extra button is, you can swap between the old style and the new style. Mm-hmm. So you can see what the game looked like back in the day, and then you can see how it looks now. Um, and you can do it at any moment. Literally, you can just hit it on and off multiple times whenever you want. So it's really cool. But they also swap over the audio. So they have the remastered audio and the remastered version, the old audio in the, the older version. And I totally forgot during a certain scene, this like rock song comes on. And then I went to the old version and it's a different song. And I was like, oh yeah, it's Breaking Benjamin. I was like, I totally forgot because they obviously don't have the rights to use it in the new version. Right. But it was so cool. I was like, oh my God, it's Breaking Benjamin. So I left in the old version for for a little bit until uh, that song queued out. That that's that was uh, that's interesting. That was a nice surprise to to come back to that. I knew that. I just totally forgot. Wait, about so they it. have the rights for the song when they have it in the old graphics, but then when they switch to the new graphics, they don't have the rights for it anymore. Um, I think because they keep it in the old original version or whatever, so that's technically still Halo Two. Okay. And then the remastered version is where like all the new rights come in and stuff like that. Uh huh. Um. 
is that's my guess that it sticks with the game wherever it goes and then if someone makes changes to the game now it's a different game because now it's no longer halo 2 now it's halo 2 anniversary and you'd have to go through all the licensing and stuff like that um there's no singing in it it's just the the beat the instrumentals yeah Mm -hmm. um but like you recognize it immediately as breaking benjamin um yeah that was that was cool so yeah um and it's cool too going back through it after having not played them for a while um and you kind of like notice some things that you didn't notice from like years ago or like maybe you did but you've just forgotten and stuff like that um like there's one level the second to last level in the first halo where you're trying to uh, get to someone and you spawn in this ship and you're trying to find where that person is but looking back at it and playing the level again and like looking around and stuff you realize that you actually respawn right next to that person like literally in the in the hallway next to the room they're in and you just have no idea Um. and i was like oh that's something that i never realized i thought you started point a and you go all the way over here to get to point b when really point b was right next to you and you have to go through all of this and you didn't even know that he was right there and then at the end of the level you just end up turning into that room or whatever but it was was really interesting yeah um also like there's some levels in that game that are just done really well specifically the level 343 guilty spark oh man (laughs) like going back to that game dude and again like if you were to play it for the first time you can't look at it as a perspective of okay it's 2020 this shooter has to blow me away right right like you have to look at it as shooters didn't exist on consoles and if you were playing this back in 2003 or whatever and you're a huge pc gamer like this game is incredible and that's not to say that it's bad at all again uh halo uh the first one had been remastered on the xbox 360 i think um so they've updated those visuals and stuff so it looks pretty decent and whatnot but uh halo 2 is really where it takes that big step up um and as a lot of the stuff that you've seen from Halo, and that's where you get a lot of like Master Chiefs, like classic lines and stuff that you've heard. Um, he's generally pretty quiet in the first one, but second one he talks a little bit more. Um, but yeah, like just going back through this story, especially Halo Two. Oh man, like the story in Halo Two, like really has some really interesting like aspects that they play around with and stuff. Um. So for anyone who still hasn't played it, I do highly recommend it. It's also pretty cheap because it's on Xbox Game Pass for PC and it's like five bucks a month. Like if you have a PC and you don't have Xbox Game Pass, but your PC can play games, like it's $5 a month and you get access to all of those games. Are you trying to sell me all this, Dane? <laughs> y- you see, Alec, <laughs> for just $5 a month. <laughs> you too can have all this i might do that i might do it for like a month to see what games are on there the thing is i'm just not big on shooters and i remember years ago i tried getting into half-life 2 and like so many people just loved it and i didn't really like it but it was just because i'm not into shooters anymore i don't know what happened i i get that that's why i like halo because it's such an interesting story in my opinion where like yeah you're shooting people but you're also like with call of duty right 
Like the Call of Duty campaigns, the levels are awesome, but overall in the storyline, I don't care all that much. I didn't either, except for Modern Warfare 4 and yeah. uh, 2. Yeah, and I haven't played the the new Modern Warfare campaign. I've played Warzone and stuff, but I haven't played the campaign because I haven't purchased the game. I'm just playing Warzone for free. Uh-huh. Um, I've, I've heard that the new one's really good. And I, I've been wanting to play it. I just haven't paid for it. Yeah, and the third one was okay. But uh, Titanfall 2, most underrated shooter campaign. One of the most underrated shooter campaigns of all time. It was incredible. Um, and Halo mainly for the story and i'm not saying that the gameplay is bad in any way i love the gameplay but like the story is just really intriguing in my opinion like it just starts with like these big mysteries and it just like unravels and unravels and then all of a sudden you know you're multiple games deep into all this stuff and then like halo 4 takes a step back and like it becomes like a really personal story between like master chief and cortana who if you don't know who cortana is it's like the ai that is within him. right um and yeah I, I don't know i i just i think it's really good uh halo uh the master chief collection now has uh reach halo one and halo two um anniversary on the pc um but yeah honestly like it's f- like on xbox it's ten dollars a month because there are more games on it um but on PC, it's five bucks a month for Game Pass. So, like, you can literally just try it for a month for five dollars, and you have access to a bunch of games, and just you know, Slowly see what's there, there and see if you like anything. I just played a bunch of old school games that they had on the PlayStation for like ten bucks a month for like one month, and then I just canceled the subscription after. It was definitely worth it. Yeah, but what's cool with Game Pass is that you're going to get every single xbox exclusive as well right they just came out with gears tactics um for the pc it'll come on xbox later but it's made for the pc and it's gears of war but in the style of like xcom Mm -hmm. which is it's like how has this not existed for years because gears of war is like literally the perfect cover-based shooter in like an xcom type world so that just came out i haven't been able to play it yet because i don't have a pc that can play all that stuff but like that's a brand new game and you you get to play that for the same five dollars a month included with all that stuff like when all the when new halo comes out you're going to get that included with that same with regular games game pass for xbox game pass just such a good deal i got uh, i have a six months of game pass ultimate uh currently and i haven't activated it yet because i'm going through the campaigns on halo which i already own the game so I don't need it for that, but man, I I think it's totally worth it. Like it's so cheap considering you would spend $60 on one game, but you get access to like all these games for either five or $10. Nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty insane. But yeah, so that's there. Um, of course it depends if you want to play it on a PC or not. Obviously like, I feel like Halo would be a good game to play on the PC. Probably. I mean, Halo 1 did initially come out on on the PC. And then Halo 2 came out later, but it was like when they were trying to push Vista. And they had a bunch of games for Vista where you could only play the games if you had Windows Vista. 
because it used a bunch of like uh, lighting and stuff like that. Because like Vista was really big on graphics. So that was one of their big things of trying to push Vista with Halo 2. So a lot of people didn't get to play it because they didn't want to upgrade to Vista. But yeah. Um, so that's that. Uh, and that basically goes into what we're doing right now, which I just said I'm replaying through all the Halo games. Um, I'm soon going to be done with Halo 2, hopefully by the end of the weekend or the end of today. And... Then I will go through Halo 3, which, God, I love Halo 3. Yeah, I hear a lot of people that that's their favorite. Halo 3. Well, see, Halo 2 with the remastered cutscenes, like, the the cutscenes are really good. It's done by this company that does, like, this really well-done CGI and stuff. Um, so the Halo 2 anniversary cutscene, like, it, it just, there's so much good story in it. And then Halo 3, obviously, it all comes to an end with, like, the original trilogy. And, like, they just do such a good job. There's one level in that game, Cortana. It's the second-to-last level that I always found annoying. But other than that, man, it's just so great. Like, dude, do you remember... Like, I know that you didn't have an Xbox and you never played Halo, but do you remember, like, how insane the hype was for Halo 3? I remember when I first became friends with Dave's david and uh david Which samuels david? okay <laughs> and he was like come over i'm like okay and that's all we played was halo i never played halo and i thought it was so sick because like it was the first shooter we played the first one for a little bit he's just like okay now let me show you the second one we're just playing multiplayer yeah and i was just like oh my god you could dual wield weapons in this one <laughs> I've never yeah, that was, seen that was, this that was, before. That was one of the big changes for Halo 2, dude. You could pick up two weapons. You could also jack vehicles. Mm-hmm. Like someone comes up to you and then you just hold X and you hop up onto their vehicle and you kick them out and now it's yours. I was like, Jesus Christ, what? Yeah, so I was like well versed in like the Halo multiplayer with friends, like split screen stuff. Um, I actually played a lot of the multiplayer. I just never played the campaigns because I never owned it. Yeah, I played a bit of the third one with a friend. We got through a couple of the campaign missions for the third one. Um, but it never... I don't know. There's nothing that kind of struck me as like, oh, I need to fucking play this. It didn't wow me in any way. Dude, when that... Like, I just remember the hype for that game. I don't think a game has ever been as hyped, dude. I really don't. I thought people really overhyped Reach. I remember Reach being so fucking hyped. So Reach was really hyped for a couple of reasons. Um, one, it Bungie said it's our last Halo game. Like we're stepping away from Halo after this. Like we've put everything we could into this game. This is what you're going to get. And like, that's it. We're going to, you know, put some maps out and stuff afterwards, but like we're not going to make any more Halo games. This is it because Halo 3 is supposed to be the last one. Then they were like, okay, we're going to make Halo 3 ODST, which is a cool little spinoff. And then they made one last full on Halo game, but no Master Chief and it's a whole prequel to the entire series. Um, And if you know the story of Halo, you already know the ending like how the ending of Halo Reach is going to go. Uh-huh. 
so knowing the ending, you have to make a game where people feel for the characters and enjoy the story when they know exactly what's likely going to happen to every single one of those people. Uh So knowing that, I think they did a very good job story-wise of like introducing this cast to you. And again, I think if, if they remade that and like totally started from scratch and did that today, I think it would probably be one of the best shooters ever. Like if they were, cause story changing or storytelling has changed so much in the last like 10 years in video games. If they rewrote that story to be modern day, I think that would honestly be one of the most dramatic, insane, best stories of any shooter ever. I, I honestly think it would be that good. And even back then it was still very good. Um, they introduced a lot of interesting things. Um, and obviously since Halo 3, like Call of Duty had come out, like Call of Duty 4. So there's things that you can now learn from other shooters and stuff. So like they added for the first time, like uh, armor abilities. So like one of them could be sprint, for example. You know, like that was new to Halo. Um, you could do assassination. So when you walk up behind someone, instead of just hitting them in the back and killing them, there it actually plays out like a small, like one or two second cutscene mm-hmm. of you literally like breaking the person's neck or like stabbing them in the head with a knife or something like that. It was really cool. Um, and there were a lot of really good changes and they added some good guns and stuff like that. Cause you have to make the game new, but also the game is a prequel. So it has to make sense in terms of the storyline of like, how can they have all this new advanced stuff when they were older than the people from the current games and stuff like that. So it, it, it's difficult, but I don't know. I'm going on in circles kind of, but man, like it, it's a very good story. I don't think that halo reach was hyped as much as halo three though. I think Halo 3, like the whole Master Chief story, like this is it, we're coming to an end, this is going to end Master Chief's story. I think that was like insane, especially coming off of the end of Halo 2, which is a straight up cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like people are just so excited to see him and like see where that story is going to finish. Plus Halo 2 is the first one with Xbox Live and that revolutionized online gameplay. So now to like be like have so many people that are all in on halo two online to now know that halo three is also going to be like online and stuff like that. You're just like, Oh my God, like what are they, what what changes are they going to make and what are they going to do here and all this stuff. So, Oh man, I'm just, (laughs) just, I'm just thinking back of the, of the good times, the good times back in my day when halo three launched. Oh man. Yeah, that was that was uh that was crazy. Um Yeah, Reach is good too. Reach is also on uh PC in the Master Chief collection, so you can actually go back and play that. So many Halos. Of course, if you play Halo Reach before Halo 1, it'll be hard to go back. Like story-wise it makes sense, but then it would be hard to go back from like one of like the newest version that Bungie made to the oldest version that Bungie made it's easier to go from older to newer instead of newer to older but yeah right but yeah it's also like pretty dark like it's a darker story because again you know like what's likely going to happen to everyone stuff like that so 
That's why I'm so pumped for Halo 5. I hope that they literally just put like AAA writing into that and AAA gameplay, and I'm, I just can't wait. Because Halo 5, in my opinion, was a very good game, like fundamentally, but the story was what let me down. Otherwise, like the level design and like the, the weapons and all the gameplay and the graphics and everything were top notch. It has really good multiplayer. It was, it was just like I play Halo because I love the story so much, and I was heavily let down by that part. But every, everything about it was still really cool and sick, just needed better writing and whatnot. Um, and Halo 4 is the very personal story that they're telling, and it's, it's really good, too. I think Halo 4 is very underrated. I think people gave him a lot of crap because they're like, oh, it's not Bungie, so it's not the same, when I thought that they did a very good job taking over for Halo. Um, but anyways, this is not the Halo podcast, and I apologize, but I can't help myself going back through Halo right now. I just love it so much. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been doing, is just playing through Halo. Um, before that, I was playing a lot of Warzone uh, with Ethan and uh, David Moore. Um, so that was, a, that was a, a big difference, going from Warzone to back to Halo that's a much more like slower and power shooter as opposed to like a really quick uh, twitch shooter type thing. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, Warzone's good. Um, it's annoying that they're always changing the playlists. So like they'll have like there's like there's plunder and there's regular battle royale and they're always changing the availability of them so it's like okay you can have like uh uh, battle royale doubles and then the next day you'll go back on and it's gone and now it's back to only quads and triples so now if you only have you're only playing with one other person then you have to take a random or something like that and it's just annoying that they're always changing the playlists Mm -hmm. yeah like literally day by day what do you think uh, I don't think it's a game for me. I just have really mad anxiety when I play it. <laughs> and like, Dude, yeah, it gives you crazy anxiety. It's so crazy. You're, you're just waiting to die, and then you finally die. You're like, no. <laughs> it was kind of too much, and like, literally, it took up most of my space on the PlayStation. That hundred gigs, baby. It's ridiculous. <laughs> so I didn't. Well, what's annoying? They force you to download the entire Call of Duty game, even if you're only playing Warzone. Yeah, it's stupid. Like, I went to download it. I was like, oh, the Warzone part's only 20 gigabytes. Okay, cool. And I went to download it to play it later that night. And then it was like, here, here there's another 80 after that. And yeah, I was like, and then you had to download the patches for the game that you're not going to play. Yep. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It was really annoying. Um, but it was fun. Um, I think it would have been fun if I was playing it with people. So we usually play Plunder instead of Battle Royale. And plunder is you just go around and you go to you try to find as many chests as you can and collect money, uh-huh. and then you're trying to deposit money. So like when you die, you just, you, you you wait you know ten seconds and you come back. There's no like oh now I die and I have to sit here doing nothing until my team revives me or something like that. So like it's a lot more like regular Call of Duty, but still in the whole like big map of Warzone with a bunch of people, um, but you're not competing to be the last team there you're just competing to be the team that deposits the most amount of money right so it's a more i guess 
fun alternative in terms of being able to consistently just keep playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you die, you like you you lose money. So that's your incentive to not die. Um, but yeah, uh, so we were playing that, and then for about a straight month, I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn. And I platinumed it. Nice. And then I played its DLC. And I got all of the trophies. You know what's annoying is that when they add a new game plus and they have trophies for the new game plus, it it messes up your percentage. So it no longer says 100% when you're looking at the game on your trophy list. It says like 96% because there are two trophies that I'm never going to get. Because I'm not going to play the game again in New Game Plus, and I'm definitely not going to play the game again in New Game Plus on the hardest difficulty. <laughs> so, you know, it's just annoying. It still shows that there's a platinum, and it says 100% for... I like how they at least break up the DLCs, and it says, like, oh, 100% on this and that, but for New Game Plus, 0%. But it's annoying how that affects the 100% thing, but right. whatever. But yeah, that game is fantastic, Alec. Yeah, I got bored. It is very good. Um, I had not played it, hadn't seen a lot of it, but it was good. It was good. I know that it was critically acclaimed and everybody loved it, and it was a a big popular game, but I really liked it. I put a lot of time into that. Um, The story was interesting. I really like how they, they intertwined this, like, it looks like it's like you know thousands of years ago but it's really in the future but you can see like remnants of like the past mm-hmm. kind of like in a last of us thing where you're walking through a city and it looks like nature has come back and taken it that's kind of like in this game where like hundreds of years in the future like there's all this like you see some remnants of like old cities from our time but it's like recaptured and then, like, just the animals, but the fact that the animals are, like, machines and stuff, it was it's really good. It's really good. That was a top-notch game. Um, my biggest complaint is probably, like, the audio for, like, talking and stuff. It was very, like, like uh, Skyrim-y to me. <laughs> like, when you're talking to people and having conversations with them. Like or, like, sometimes, yeah. Like, the main characters were fine. But like when you're talking to like side quest characters and stuff, and it just seems like sometimes they're just like, like the audio isn't synced up to like their movements and right and stuff like that, or like it looks like they're looking somewhere else, and you're just <laughs> like, where where are you looking? <laughs> <laughs> um, that that was probably like my biggest complaint because sometimes it just takes you out of like the world where then you're just like, oh yeah, this is a video game. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but besides that that game was really good i just couldn't get enough of it and that's why i ended up platinuming that game and then the dlc which the dlc uh they recommend you be level 30 for it but i didn't play it until after i uh finished and platinum the main game and then i went to do the dlc because it it, it is a full-on expansion the dlc Uh like it adds like a new section to the world map and then it also adds changes that apply over to the regular game as well, such as like new uh, abilities you can unlock, and it raises the total level cap from 50 to 60. Yeah. 
So I feel like you would like the game, to be honest. Like the action is so good, and that was their first attempt at that. Like that's the same studio that made Killzone. Oh wow. So like they went from just doing Killzone games and stuff to like literally like here here's a brand new game that we've never made before. And for their first attempt at that, like that's an A plus attempt. I gotta give it to them. Um, did you make it past being a little girl? Nope. Okay, so that's the issue. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 it was I, that I, game I think, and the Uncharted. I played the Uncharted Lost Legacy, and I played that one at the same time, and both times my character just got, like, stuck while moving, and, like, nothing was progressing, and I couldn't do anything, and I just got pissed off, and I'm like, fuck it. If I can't get through five minutes of the game, it's not going to be good for me. So, I think the beginning part is the worst part. It has this really cool opening cutscene that looks really pretty and everything like that. Yeah, also the game is gorgeous. But it immediately kicks you into being like a little girl. And it it's kind of just to show you, like I guess, certain aspects of like movement and a little bit of mystery. Because you fall down this hole and you're like in this futuristic bunker. But the beginning is definitely the worst part. Like I was getting, I was going through that too. And I was just like, eh, mm-hmm. but like the moment you get out of there, it like does some more cutscenes, and now you're an adult. And then it's like, okay, like this is where we're going to like get going now. And it does a really good job of in the beginning, like giving you like leveling you up pretty quickly in the beginning. So like you start for each uh, time you level up, you get an experience point, and then you can spend an experience point um, on um, on additions and stuff like that. And it it starts to speed up for sure because the beginning is really slow. But again, you become an adult, and they give you some good experience points, so you start like pretty quickly, like within the first hour of like becoming an adult like you you get some pretty good gameplay out of that all of a sudden so if you can make it past that it's the same issue that i that i had with uh with death stranding except the, the biggest difference is that that's like an hour in the beginning that you have to make it through before the game becomes really good whereas death stranding like you got to make it through like the first 10 hours <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I would recommend to go back to that as well because it's really good. It's really good, dude. I feel like you would totally <laughs> love it. I might give it a shot. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty much all that I've played horizon and then going back to the halos now i have spider-man that i want to get through but haven't touched that yet and um there's ori and the will of the wisps that i really want to get to but we'll see yeah you have a lot of backlog games 
Well, not as much now that I finished Horizon. So I've got Spider-Man, I've got Until Dawn. And then... That's it for PlayStation. Oh, and I bought Journey, but I need to get to that. But that's not a very long game. Yeah, that game sucks. Yeah, I know you always say that. <laughs> there was nothing to it. It was so fucking well, pointless. I'll find out when I play it. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> I was so disappointed when I played it. Everybody's just like, I love this game. It's so beautiful. And I played it. I'm like, it wasn't that great. It wasn't that beautiful. It was mediocre. And super did quick. you finish it i did it was like five like four hours it was so quick yeah so that's that's why i said i'll see i'll play it <laughs> see how it goes and i'll i'll give my opinion you could literally um, once we're done with this podcast pop it in and play it and be done before dinner actually oh i'm sure different. i'm sure i could but i i'm i gotta play through halo yeah yeah same way how I have to play through World of Warcraft. <laughs> See, but I like never replay through games. I always replay through games. Yeah, we're very different in, in that aspect. We're like, I always re- prefer to spend my time on something new. Whereas you always get into something new and you're just like, I don't want to get into something new. I just want to go back to what I like. I always want to reinstall Red Dead 2 and replay it. Gonna but even that, you almost didn't give a second chance. Oh, well, I did. Honestly, so you almost, you almost, you bailed on that the first time. All right, listen up. Red Dead Two has got to be your next game at some point. I want you to play that. It's I do want to get to that because they added it to Game Pass. Okay, yeah. So play Red Dead Two at some point. You're gonna love it. I think, unless you don't like westerns. I love Western stuff. I haven't played a Western video game in a long time. Yeah, I, I can't wait to hear your review on the game because I love it. Um, now, one of the games that you told me to play that I actually played a bit of was Child of Light. Um, yeah, I told you to play that. I do, I've told you to play that for like years because it's pretty old now. Yeah. So I didn't finish it and I already deleted it because I'm not going to play the rest of it. But I got to say, it was pretty decent when i played it and if you're into those kinds of games i was rethinking about dragon quest uh 11 when i talked about it and when i say that half the game was boring or half the game like nothing happened that is from my perspective because i've played so many dragon quest games that they're all pretty similar so if you're ever in the mood to play a game similar to child of light i would really recommend the dragon quest game because you've never played one and it's the best game to get into um, if you want to get into that Dragon Quest series. To you, it's uh-huh. not going to feel like you're wasting you know, 40 hours to get into the main story. It was only for me because I've played other Dragon Quest games where the story is pretty similar. Well, see, Child of Light isn't that long of a game. Like, that's no more than 10 hours. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, dude, that's a short game. I was playing halfway through the game then. That that's why I liked the game because it gives you a really nice like RPG experience, but without the RPG length. Yeah, so take Shadow of Light and expand it like times ten, and then you have Dragon Quest. <laughs> Very similar gameplay. Huh. If you like that kind of gameplay, you play like Dragon Quest. So that's another game I would recommend if you're ever in the mood to play that kind of gameplay for like hundred hours. Get it on the Switch. 
Yeah, see that 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 was one of the reasons why I like that because most RPGs are like you said, like a, a hundred to two hundred hours. I and every time you're just like, oh man, like, do you really want to? Do I really want to spend that much time in this game? And then you know, fifty hours into it, I'm just like, eh, I'm not really that into it, and I'm not even close to being done. And it's just like, okay, I kind of just wasted that time. Whereas right. Child of Light, like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. But if you do like it. You don't have to dedicate like a year to playing it. Well, one of the you literally that, can finish that game in a, in a in a week or even like a few days. The reason I say get it on the Switch is they have a fast forward button, which literally cuts down half the time. Like you don't want to do it for like cutscenes, but when uh when you're just fighting normal monsters and you're just grinding, like that's literally half the game. And so <laughs> on the Switch, I feel like if you're not going to do the extra content, you could probably beat the game in like fifty hours. I think it took well, me about Speaking of eight RPGs, because, like, uh, um, uh, why am I blanking out right now? Uh, it's coming out on the Switch at the end of the month. Mm. Shulk. Oh. Oh, Xenoblade. Xenoblade. Xenoblade Chronicles, uh, the, the remake is coming out on the 29th of this month. I think that'll be my next game then. And that's supposed to... It looks like they're doing a really good job of... like it. Supposedly, I never played the original, but people said that it was mainly the menus that were just like really clunky and obnoxious, and it was like typical, like just awful RPG clunkiness. Uh-huh. And it looks like they're fixing like all of those like just normal... Like just th- things that just make it a more enjoyable experience where like it's not game-changing, but like... It just makes it easier to play where you're not just annoyed by all this stuff. They're just making really good like quality of life changes and stuff. Plus on top like with the remastered visuals and audio and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that looks pretty good. Yeah, I might get that game because I heard a lot of good things. Yeah, and then that leads into the second one, which is already out. Which I didn't hear that many good things about. I heard it was fine. I heard the uh, the expansion for it that they put out was pretty good. I think a lot of people like the expansion more. And the expansion is standalone, so you can get just the expansion as well. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Um, What else? What else have you, you been playing? So, yeah, I played a little bit of Child of Light. Um, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm kind of on the opposite side of what most people are saying about the game. Yeah, it seems like everyone loves it. Everybody I don't think I've had, I, I, haven't, I haven't read a single like negative review except for when you told me that you didn't like it. My older brother is kind of on the same boat as me. Um, he's kind of more on the it was a good game than a bad game. I don't think it was a bad game, but there were definitely some really big highs in that game that was like, wow, this is like an amazing remake, 10 out of 10. And then there were moments where they changed what actually happened in the game. And added things where I'm like, this is fucking awful. There's a slight spoiler. It's not a huge one. But they added this, this character in the game that was never in the original. And you would think after this whole scene happened with him that he's going to become like a main character throughout the game. You never see him the rest of the game. <laughs> and I have literally no idea why they introduced that character into the game. Was it just for a side quest or something? Yeah, kind of. 
but there was no reason for the side quest to begin with. There was these uh, three characters that were like had about a couple lines of dialogue in the original, and they expanded it into the remake and made a whole side quest and like narrative about their past and what they're doing and blah 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 which was fine i actually kind of liked that i liked that they elaborated on those characters more um but that one specific character that they introduced was so stupid it was just so much like a kingdom hearts character where you're like this isn't final fantasy 7 get the fuck out of here it was so was stupid. It was it Goofy? Goofy showed up. Yeah, it was <laughs> fucking Goofy on a motorcycle. It was so stupid. <laughs> so ridiculous. All of a sudden, you just see Mickey Mouse. You're just like, get out of here, Mickey. But again, I, like I'm torn because like I want you to experience Final Fantasy VII, but like it's weird because like you're gonna end up paying three hundred dollars to play the whole game. <laughs> That's the thing that I don't like. Like, I know that they're taking a lot of time for that. Like, they're remaking the whole game. game from scratch and stuff. Yeah, I I get that. But, like, that angers me. Like, if it's not ready, then don't release the game. I don't think it was not ready. They're just fleshing out. They're just adding so much fluff and wanting to make profit out of it. And, like, I don't know. They're just going way too ham. And I'd rather have seen, like, a Ocarina of Time remake on like the 3DS kind of thing. Where they just make be- better graphics and maybe tweak some things. But I don't really care about adding more story or structure. I'm fine with how it was in the original. Just make it look better. See, a lot of people were excited about the story. Because they're like, oh yeah, all these characters are now getting more fleshed out and stuff like that. And there's more yeah, for descriptions the- and storylines of the, the characters that you're with. And what they're about and what they like to do and stuff like that. And for the most part, it was really... It was done really well. I liked it a lot. But then it was the parts that was completely not in the original that they added. That's like, what the fuck are you doing here? The, hmm. There's just a whole, not even side quest. It's just a whole part of the story that's so different that they added throughout the whole game. That's just like, this never happened in the original. And so like Sephiroth, who's like the main protagonist... It's not a big spoiler, but Sephiroth's, like, the protagonist. And, like, you're not supposed to see... During that whole section in the original that they have in the remake, you never see Sephiroth. But in the remake, his he shows up, like, every ten minutes as, like, a cutscene or whatever. And it just takes away from the mis- like the mysteriousness of him and, like, the spookiness of him. And, like... Do you think that maybe it's your opinion about that? But, like, if you look at it from the perspective of a new player who's never played the game before, if they were to play the new version, and, like, graphics and and stuff aside, just, like, story speaking and cutscenes, if they were to play the new version versus the old version, do you think that they would enjoy the new version more because of the additions that they've made? Well, I don't think anybody who had... Like, I don't think you could play Final Fantasy VII the original right now and enjoy it because it's such an old game um well that's why i was saying from a story perspective from a story perspective i don't think you're gonna have an issue with it the issue you're gonna have is again the side quest because it's bogus and stupid you're not gonna notice the 
extra additions and changes. So for you, it's, it's still going to be this really good game. I think you're going to really enjoy it. It's just once it ends and you're like, oh, this is only a fraction of the game. And like people who's played it before knows that this is only a fraction of the game. There's going to be four more games to come out of this. I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, like, it was a lot of fan service. And I think a lot of people that played Final Fantasy VII loved it. And I love certain parts of it, but I also kind of felt like I was gypped off. What? How long was uh, this section? I literally skipped all the extra stuff and just played the main story, and I beat it in about 16, 17 hours for a $60 and, game. Well, yeah, but you have to take account all of it. So if I did the extra stuff, what I've been hearing, it's about 20 to 30 hours. Now, in the original... That section is only supposed to be four hours long. About four to six. Right, so they really fluffed it up. They fluffed the shit out of it, dude. It was kind of... That's one fluffy game. It's a really fluffy game. It's a big game of fluff. And I don't think a new player will really notice it too much. Um, Maybe it would. I don't know. And it's really hard for me to recommend it to people. Because, Which is weird because everyone has recommended it so yeah. far. And one th- one of the things that annoy me is just the final boss in the original. They have this song called One Wing Angel and it's supposed to be this just awesome song. And that's literally the final boss in the in the remake. And I'm just like, wait, what are you guys doing? Like you're making this so climactic right now, it's just like you could have ended the game there. And it's just like, no, this is just the beginning. Uh, there's so many other things I don't want to spoil I feel huh. like I'm already kind of spoiling things but there's so many things that they threw in there that's just it was so I don't, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to spoil it hmm I give it a 7 it's okay I mean I'm trying to look at it from my perspective where like if they changed things in like Ocarina of Time or like in Halo when they remade it. It's literally take the first three dungeons in Ocarina of Time. They threw in a whole backstory on like the Gorons and like you have to go through a side quest with the Goron King. You know, you're probably tackling along in Hyrule Forest with the Gorons. (laughs) I don't know. You have to go find Sarah with the Gorons, and then you dance with the Sarah, and that takes about five hours, and then you go into the dungeon for the Fire Temple, you know? So I'm I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, and I think it depends on the person. So a lot of people like that. I think it was just... And the, that part would be it's, it's essentially It's essentially DLC to a game that never could have gotten dlc right and i think those parts are fine but then there's parts okay then take like ocarina of time and they throw in this whole different thing that never happened in the original like let's say uh i don't know dark link is like corrupting link throughout the whole game and then you have to like fight an evil side throughout the game and like there's a whole story about dark link while your kid link that has nothing to do with how the original game was if they changed the storyline then yeah i would be like oh but that's not what happened why are you changing it 
But if they add to it and like, they're like, oh, let's go see like more about Sarah or let's go into why the Gorons like to eat rocks in the first place. Like anything that's adding to the story, but it's not taking away from what was originally there. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the addition of that as long as it doesn't take away or change what was already there. I wouldn't want changes to that. Yeah. I think one of the big things, it's kind of spoiler. I don't forget to replay it. But in the remake, it's almost like they're planning to be like a multiverse thing. And they're like, oh, you're going to play through the game the way it was intended originally, but then we're also going to show you like an alternative universe of what would have happened if it was done differently and it's just so it's just so kingdom hearts in my opinion and just you mean like this is how the world would have looked if you didn't beat this boss and this is how the world looks if you did beat this boss kind of like okay so in the remake literally sephiroth who you're not supposed to meet at this point in the game but they for whatever reason threw him in kills one of the main characters in the remake but then the character comes back to life because he's not destined to die yet. Because in the original game, he doesn't die. <laughs> it was so stupid. They <laughs> it pissed me off. I was like, why did you even put I mean, that it in sounds kind of dumb. Like, unless they're just trying to get you at first. You know, it's kind of like when The Walking Dead, like, killed Glenn the first time. Like, they're kind of just like... That's what it is. Okay, that's it's just a it's just a gotcha thing where it's like, oh my god, and then literally like a few episodes later, they're like, ah, oh, here he is, and you're like, oh, that is literally what it then is. What was the whole point of that? It was so unnecessary and stupid. And so that's what happens throughout the whole game. But like to me, to me, I wouldn't have known that that person is supposed to make it to the next part of the game. So like, that probably would have affected me, or I would have been like, oh man, like he's dead. Whereas for you, you already know that he's not supposed to be. Right. It was just unnecessary. I don't know. And then gameplay. It depends on whether or not you like the gameplay too. I thought it's okay, but it's not my favorite. I like the old school RPG fighting style. Hmm. Well, can't you play it in the older... Kind of, but not really. No, it's just more streamlined, but it's still kind of an action... Attack, smash, square button multiple times. Hmm. Um. So yeah, Final Fantasy Seven. I, I don't know if I would recommend it to you or not. I think the money thing is annoying. Mm-hmm. I think they should at least give you like an option, like pay us a hundred dollars now, and like it includes downloads for all the future versions or something yeah, like that. I would wait. Like, cause I would wait I, about I, six. I years. get it. They might have to take like a whole year or like a lot of time making the rest of these games but like if they were to charge everyone that bought the first version of this game 60 bucks that's not going to support that studio to continue making like the fifth version of that game like four years from now right like they're not going to be able to still make money off of the games that they sold years ago right so i i get that because get it but they're still spending no time on it they didn't need to, to make it expand that big, this sure. game that was supposed to take four hours into 30. They could have added more Or if more it to was going to be that big. Like, they've taken so long just to release this first part of the game. Like, how long is it going to take for you guys to make the other parts? Are they done? That's what I'm saying. And now, like, it's, now you're just kind of, like, holding them off for a year specifically to release them separately? Or, or what? Like, 
is like literally is the whole game done and you're just breaking it up to charge more per each section or like are the other parts genuinely not done and you guys still have a ton of work to do on them in which case it's more fair i don't think it's done because they released like this kind of documentary book thing and they said that once they released or were done with the first part they had to start working on the open world aspect of the game because in the first part since you're located in that one city there was no need to work on an open world but that was a big part of the game so they have to change the game's going to be completely different from the first part to the second part because it's going to be open world and i don't get it because like you learn a lot of the final spells in the first part like fire raga that's like the strongest fire spell you could get in the game and you're not supposed to get that till the end of the original game but now you have it four hours into the original so now it's like, I mean, how are you going to restart I guess that's it? where they're coming in with the name Final Fantasy VII Remake and not like remastered. It's a retelling. Yeah, it's literally just like, hey, like let's take that story and let's all sit around the table and decide changes that we would have made had we written it. Like, oh, what if that person was revealed earlier? Right. And then that way you can move on to like move this part of the game up faster and now you can get onto this other part where we reveal something else or we can reveal someone new that's actually been behind that person and controlling them the whole time or something like that right so i don't know it it's a it's a is it being is it being retold from the same people that wrote the original one or is it all new people uh it's it's both it's kind of new people and then they're also bringing in the old people as kind of I don't know, executive producers or something. They're not directors. Because I'm sure that happens where you put the game out and then after like you hear all the criticism and stuff, even though people generally consider that game to be one of the best RPGs of all time, like I feel like you would still take in a lot of those criticisms or after you release the game and like years later you're like, I wish we would have done this differently. And like they're kind of taking that to heart, I guess, and actually changing it instead of just remastering it and making like the controls better. And, Oh, now the inventory system is, is easier to use or something like that. It's like, no, like we're actually going to take the time to rebuild the game from the ground up in what we think that that game would look like if it were made from scratch today. That's like exactly what it is. It's the director is not the same person that made the original. It's the person that made kingdom hearts three. And so, to me, it seems like it's his vision of what he would have done with Final Fantasy VII. Hmm. Then maybe that's a little annoying. Like, if Ocarina's Time of, uh, Ocarina of Time is being remade, like, I would want Shigeru Miyamoto being the head of that 100%. Mm-hmm. Like, the only changes that get made to that game are ones that he approves of, and ones that or ones that like he thought of but like he couldn't implement at the time because of limitation of technology or something like that right i don't want you know some like new hipster dude coming in going oh yeah i played that game a few times like (laughs) what if you know it turns out ganon was a woman or something like that or like totally just just changes like fundamentals of the game you know or like what if you never got the master sword like okay like no no dude like i wouldn't want that nonsense but if it's actually like miyamoto himself like behind all this stuff like 
sure. Like, then I'm okay with all of it. Assuming that his ideas are good and he thinks that they're, like, genuinely good to the gameplay and, like, it adds to it. And it, and more importantly, it doesn't subtract anything from the original game. Right. Like, if they gave you a version where it was, like, you can play our remade version or our remixed version. Or you can, like, just play through what was originally there and you don't have to do the optional stuff then I feel like you wouldn't be as mad, but because they made the optional stuff mandatory because they physically changed the story and certain characters and stuff. I, I, I can kind of see where you're coming from that, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's different from the original game. I don't know, hmm. but I'm not that mad. It's whatever. I'm probably still going to end up playing all of it just cause like it's one of my favorite games of all time. Yeah, and I really do like a lot of the directions, like especially Cloud. Like he was a very, they really fleshed out his character more in the remake, and I like what they did with the character. A lot of the characters. Uh, enough of seven. I played. What else did I play? The Final Fantasy Eight. I was playing a little bit of Final Fantasy Eight. Um, and nine. I haven't played nine. I mean, I've played mm, that's, 9 that's by now. That's because you were too busy going, going on to 10. No, but I'm trying to think what else I've been playing recently. I've mm, been playing Warband 2 or Mountain Blade 2, but it's not really optimized yet because it's still early access. Um, oh, I started playing Final Fantasy 11 a little bit. That's an MMO. Mm, see, there, there, there you go. I just love Final Fantasy. I knew we were moving up in those numbers. And I'm back to playing World of Warcraft. Oh. You know what's funny is that, like, even as a kid, I always remember, like, there being so many Final Fantasies. I know. There's so many of them. Like, there, and then there's, like, Final Fantasy uh, 13-2. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, okay. by the time we were born, I think they were on Final Fantasy... Uh, uh, 7, I think. That was, like, thing when they came out was 1994 it was 7 was it really? Mm-hmm. let me see could be wrong I didn't think the Playstation was out then oh 97 that was 97 yeah so then... Playstation didn't exist in 94 okay so Final Fantasy 6 was 94 what'd that come out on the SNES uh yeah in Japan, yeah. and then came out on the PlayStation a couple of years later as Final Fantasy three. Well, of course, because uh, Final Fantasy two. Because you, you got to cut Fantasy the number in half. In America. Uh, and then they never released Final Fantasy three, Japanese, which was Final Fantasy six. Final Fantasy four was Final Fantasy two in America. Final Fantasy V never released. Final Fantasy VI with Final Fantasy III in America. And then seven, eight, nine, and then they re-release five and six or five and three on the PlayStation One. There's some re- weird releases. It's very I, confusing. Oh, I play control for about two hours. <laughs> I didn't really like Alec. it. <laughs> Okay, so what did you not like about it? 
Uh, I don't know if I'm just like I said. It's a shooter. I don't like shooters, and I think. I'm but really it's bad a third-person shooter. Yeah, it's still the same thing to me. I think I'm just really bad at aiming and shooting, and it was. Dude, the gunplay is so good in that game. It's not that good, and I thought it's so good. And I kept dying <laughs> in the beginning of the game, and I think I'm just really bad at shooting. How far did you get? Uh, there was this part where it's just a bunch of like, uh shadowy people that you're just shooting hiss hiss it was almost like a boss but it wasn't and you got to like the checkpoint where you could change your clothes and stuff and oh so you got to the the main bureau yeah 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 room the h- and you hub. met that you met that lady mm-hmm. and i th- think i went a little bit further and that's about it dude it's so good Nah. It's such a good game. Nah. Uh, Batoski. Like, the gameplay in there is it's just so smooth. And, like, the gunplay is awesome. I love switching between weapons. Um, the gun itself is sick. And, like I said, as you start to explore more, you'll add more abilities to your game set and it it like each time you get a new ability it's just like oh man like this is going to help so much and then by the end of the game you're kind of just like this awesome like essentially superhero type person with a gun yeah. it's really good and I really like the story too it's like really like mysterious and you're like what's going on and and you you slowly start to get stuff revealed to you. Yet another critically acclaimed game where Alex just like, nah, eh, <laughs> nah. Except for Red Dead, I want to replay Red Dead. You should really get into that. Yeah, but you gave up on it the first time. I did, and then you went back to it and you gave it a second try, and you're like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Imagine wrong. all the other games you need to give a second try and you'll just be like, oh, maybe I was wrong. Honestly, I don't think I'll ever get into The Last of Us because I've given that game like four tries. Which is weird because that's not even a shooter. That's like an action-adventure game type style more so along with stealth. Yeah. Like, yes, you shoot in it, but it's not a shooter. I don't know. Which then sucks, because then it's like you know that you're going to miss out on Last of Us 2. Yeah. I mean, you can still play it, but, like, the main point of the game is story, so, like, you would obviously be missing a whole lot. But. Oh, yeah, Ghost of Tsushima. We totally forgot to mention that. Oh, yeah. Uh, the only thing um, I really wanted to bring up was one of the things I didn't like about Red Dead 2 was how... There it, were no ninjas? Yeah, there were no fucking ninjas. This pathetic game, 0 out of 10. Um, you always had to go in guns blazing? No, it was just a... It's just a rock star thing where it's just you open up your map, you look for the initials of the next quest, put a marker, and then go to it. Um, there were a couple points where there was nothing on your map and you're like, oh, there's no quest. What do I do? 
So you kind of just start roaming around and then you're like, okay, let's go back to the hub and like sell my stuff. And then one of the main characters kind of just like barges in on you while you're on your horse. You're like, oh, we got a, we got an emergency, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that's cool. They didn't indicate that you have to go back. Like it kind of just happens naturally. Yeah. And there's this part where you go into like a new town and there was no quest indicators. And then you just walk into a pub and then like your one of the main characters just kind of barges out of it and like freaks out like, oh my God, we got to do this or whatever. And so this game, the Ghosts of... Shima, Tsushima. Tsushima. It seems like they're trying to do away with like the typical. Here, go go to, from point A to point B. Here's the marker. It kind of just you look at the map and see something. And you're like, oh, let's go there, and then naturally the game progresses. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, they're. I think it was the first thing they focused on in the video was wind. Yeah, wind. So it's it's essentially the wind is what like is your marker, instead of there just being like an arrow at the top of the screen and you follow the arrow or something like that. You're following the wind. Um, what I wasn't sure of is if you put a point on your marker, or a marker on your map or something, and you're like, I want to go here. I wasn't sure if the wind continually blows towards the area that you're trying to go to, so you can like if you were to stop for like a minute and like text someone and then go back to the game is the wind still going to be blowing in that direction or do you have to stop every time you need to check on the wind to make sure you're still going in the same direction because uh, that could get annoying if you're like okay the wind is blowing west so i'm gonna drive I'm, I'm gonna take my horse west but then you start getting closer and you're like okay uh am i still heading in the right direction will the wind just continue to guide you until you get to your location or do you have to keep stopping and then like do the wind thing whether you have to activate the wind or you just have to stop for a second to see where the wind blows i'm assuming there'd be other indicators like as soon as you start getting like kind of close you start noticing like a fire or a person you're like okay this is probably where i have to go yeah that i i hope so because that was the only like thing that i could see being annoying is if you have to continually stop to check the wind to make sure you're going in the right spot. Right. Uh, otherwise, like if it's literally like, okay, I'm putting the point on my map here and the wind is just going to continue to blow in that one direction and help me until I get to that marker, then that's totally cool. and I'm totally fine with that. Um, which is good because the wind in that game looks really good that's some of the best wind dynamics i've seen in a game best wind, along with the the leaves and stuff like that too, too much wind seven out of ten yeah <laughs> ign but gameplay wise um, like i wasn't too blown away by it it kind of seems like other things i've seen other games do it kind of reminded me of far cry 3 i don't know if you ever played far cry 3 yeah so there a lot of people were saying far cry 3 um it gave some Assassin's Creed vibes off to me as well. Um, because at some point he starts like mounting some stuff and like running along like a wooden log or something like that in one mm-hmm. of the areas that he showed. So it looks like it's kind of a mix between like Far Cry um, 
and I, I got a little bit of Breath of the Wild vibes too in yeah, the very beginning mm-hmm. when he's standing on top of the mountain. I was literally waiting for him to see or to say any place that you can see from here, you can go to. Like to just say the same thing that like Miyamoto said. <laughs> I was just like waiting for it. Um, but yeah, a little bit of that and uh, and Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. I did think it was interesting that they were like, you can approach these in different ways of just like, you can go all stealth or you can just like be respectful, like a samurai and just be upfront that like, you're going to fight them and like be honorable about it or be dishonorable and just like hide in the shadows and kill people without remorse. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was interesting. Um, but I wonder how those will like play out. Like, do you want to be a ghost so more people start to fear you? If you never are a ghost and you always are a samurai, does the ghost not really exist? Uh Uh-huh. You know, like, I wonder how that really plays out into the game of which side you tend to do more. That'd be cool. Um, Yeah, like, there's an honorable or, like, kind of how, like, there's a good or bad. There's, like, an honorable or dishonorable thing, and the more dishonorable stuff you do, like the less of a of a good warrior you are, you know, and you're more considered like an evil person in people's eyes. Um but yeah, I I thought it looked good. Um I feel like it's one of those games where I'm going to wait for reviews. Yeah. Because and I don't mean like this is a, a negative critique in any way. Because I think it still looks very good, but I could easily see this game being like a seven to eight, and people complaining that oh, it's not good enough or something like that. And again, seven to eight isn't bad, but I think a lot of expectations right now are like nine or ten easy. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people are going to be let down if it is a seven to eight. Yeah, I don't expect it to be an amazing game. It doesn't look that amazing. It doesn't look like a bad game, but I don't think they're doing anything really new. I really like the samurai style. I feel like there's not enough games that take place in that time period. Um, And some of them are very, like, unique games, you know, like Sekiro. That's a very, like, that game isn't for everybody, even though a lot of people might like the, the Japanese, like, character of the game. Obviously, that's not a game for everyone, whereas this is probably, like, a more approachable game for most people where you also get that samurai aspect right um so yeah i'm not all in on this game yet i'm gonna wait to see what people say i i it's very high on my radar and i plan on as of right now i plan on getting it but i'll see what people say about it first and how it actually ends up you know i think i'm gonna get secure i totally forgot about that game kind of want to play that now i'm surprised you still haven't played it because it's dark souls but yeah like japanese that's gonna be my next game i might actually get it as soon as we're done with the podcast and play it i'm down i'm down play it thank you it's usually on it's usually on sale so if it's not on sale maybe you don't want to pick it up yet. yeah that's true you can usually get it for like 30 bucks when there's a sale or something now um but yeah so it's weird that Sony has like no news on their console, but they've got Last of Us 2 coming out next month and then Ghost of Tsushima uh, the month after. 
And uh, you were just saying if it's a PS5 game, it's not. At least it's not announced as a PS5 game. I wouldn't doubt it if both of these games, the moment the PS5 comes out, they get updates or yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think that's the, a given. You know, their game of the year editions or whatever that come with all the updates and maybe any DLC that they've added since then. And then now it's up and optimized for the PS5 or something. I'm sure they'll do that. Just like they did with Last of Us when that came out. Because that came out at the end of the PS3. Mm-hmm. And then... See, that's another good example, right? Like, if you look at um, comparing beginning games of a generation to end of a game generations, if you compare the first uh, Uncharted, <laughs> to Uncharted, th- to Uncharted 3, like, graphically and, like, gameplay-wise it's insane it's a night and day difference you yeah. would think that literally the the uncharted one came out on like the ps2 yeah even just uncharted one to two yeah uncharted two is nuts yeah I, i'm gonna be honest uncharted one is way overrated overrated I, I know that i yeah i think everybody universally thinks uncharted one's a shitty ass game <laughs> <laughs> but not at the time when it came out it it, it wasn't but again like i Compared to what every I'm, like, I didn't play time. it at the time when it came out, so yeah, it's it's hard to judge that. Right. But going back on it, like there are certain games, like I was saying, I'm going back to Halo One and like replaying through that. That totally holds up. At no point, like maybe you're like, okay, it feels a little heavy as a shooter, but like at no point are you just like, oh my god, this is like so bad. Like I said that so many times when I was going through Uncharted One. <laughs> And Assassin's like, there Creed were so 1. many things that just annoyed me. I think it's, well, Assassin's Creed One annoyed me when I played it. Yeah, that game was trash. The first one, Assassin's Creed One didn't get great reviews, whereas Uncharted got great reviews when it came out, and now it's not that great. Whereas the first, un, uh, uh, the first uh, Assassin's Creed was kind of disappointing for everybody, mm-hmm. and then they totally redeemed themselves with Assassin's Creed Two, just like uncharted 2 did with uncharted 1 but that was a huge jump mm-hmm. uncharted 2 is great yeah and then obviously going to uncharted 4 uncharted 4 looks really good yeah which one's your favorite um probably the second one yeah i don't know which one's my favorite i love them all except for the first one i think the second one it like gives you that jump obviously of coming off the first one where you're just like okay this is what I was expecting the first one to be. Mm-hmm. And like, it just starts off so well, like just right with the, the train crash. Yeah. Like right when you open up and you're just like, how did we get here? And then it goes back in time and then you start going through the game. And then all of a sudden you, you end up like replaying that same scene again, because now you've caught up to it. It's just really good. It's literally like a movie. Yeah. Third um, one was pretty emotional, but it was kind of weird. Is the third one where you, you get high off the water. Not the water, but you get drugged was by that the, like, the bad it, guy. Yeah, it was in the water. Was it the water? I don't remember. Yeah, because you you drank the water. Like the, you went to the fountain and you drank the water or something because you were thirsty or something like that. Yeah. You were the only person to drink the water. And then all of a sudden, like, it's not give any spoilers, like a bunch of crazy stuff starts happening. Yeah. And then you think you as the player think that that's true. And then all of a sudden, like later on, you're just like, wait, that didn't happen that was weird but uh that was the third one right yeah that was the third one 
because none of them had like creatures that didn't exist except for the first one yeah which honestly that was the only part that i liked about the first one was same it was that was when the game got good (laughs) yeah it felt like a horror game yeah like it got scary all of a sudden and then like it 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 picked up tempo a lot Mm -hmm. like all of a sudden now it's like a run and gun game instead of just like this cover based game where you never move and that was the only part i liked but at the same time i was just like i don't really like this mythological stuff like i thought this was supposed to be a realistic type game right which they they do bring in some weird stuff into the other uncharted's but like you you find out that like they're not real mm-hmm. yeah it's a pretty grounded game relatively speaking yeah Um. Yeah, fourth one was good though. Yeah. Story was pretty good. It was kind of just out there, but it was really good. I mean, they're all kind of out there. That's kind of the whole point. Like, just some crazy, random, like pirate story, you know? Yeah. But I feel like the first three kind of mash well together more, and then the fourth one's kind of just like the outcasts. I mean, isn't that kind of the point, though? Like, that's where the whole storyline starts from. Yeah, I guess. Because, like, his brother is an outcast, and you're just like, wait, I didn't even know that you had one. Yeah. And then, like, no one that knew him even know, knew that he had one, and then you're just like, what? <laughs> but it was an interesting story, and that story had a lot of twists and turns with it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so that's why I'm super pumped for Last of Us too, because I'd I'd love to see what Naughty Dog has been doing since all of these games and incorporating like all these aspects together and adding new stuff. So, because they're like obviously one of the best publishers or developers. Sorry, yeah, but really good games. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. It's not bad on time. I need to go eat lunch. Uh, well, it's 4.30 here for me. Oh. I'm closing in on dinner time. I mean, it's 2.30 here and I didn't eat lunch or breakfast yet. I'm just so hungry. Well, you had that bar. That was such a good bar. Uh, I bet it was a good bar. So good. I just had some oatmeal and coffee really quick. That was all I had. Oh, God. Gotta eat. Yeah, I'm excited. I don't know what I want to eat. You know, see, I I used to love saying, I don't know what I want to eat, knowing that I'm going to go pick up some food, but now that doesn't happen. (laughs) So now when I say, what do I want to eat? Like, I actually have to think of, like, what's actually in the fridge. (laughs) (laughs) And my options are heavily limited. Yeah, I usually try to eat uh, now for, well, I have, like, lunch breaks, which I usually order at work. And then for dinner, I'll eat something here. But during the weekend, I just want to order something. Kind of want in and out. Oh my god, I hate you. But that's that's what I want to eat when I'm hungover. I want in and out. Dude, in and out's so good. I miss in and out. Yeah, you should come over. I'll be right there. Yeah. After this whole coronavirus thing. 
Dude, I have. I, I don't want to get on a plane right now. Are you kidding me? No, not right now. <laughs> we were looking at cruises. A couple of friends. Dude, everything is so cheap. It's ninety nine bucks. I know everything is cruise. so cheap. I'm like, God damn it! I want to go on a cruise. I've never been on one. <laughs> and then yeah. just like buy out the cruise. I I mean I would rather go on a plane than a cruise to be honest. Me too. A cruise, you're like locked on that ship with people for like a week or two. Mm-hmm. It'd be a four day cruise. Where was it to? Uh, where was that cruise to that we were looking at? Um, it goes to Catalina. Catalina. Oh, okay, so, well, that's not too far then. Yeah, I will. Catalina's I will right off the coast. That would just be like basically like a. A fun weekend at Catalina, sort of. Yeah, I think it was only four days, and that's about how long I would want to be on a boat. <laughs> yeah, like two week cruises and stuff. Oh my I'm just god! Like, oh man, like I, you want to get off of there, yeah. even though they're like, oh, we've got a pool and we've got you know, gambling stuff. It's just like I don't know. Like, at some point, it's claustrophobic, and you're gonna want to get off and get on land. <clears throat> but yeah, dude, everything's crazy cheap right now. You just have to be sure to like buy the insurance, you know, so you can cancel it because, you know, who knows like if this will still be going around or if it's still dangerous during that time or something, but it's a great time to, to pre-purchase stuff for the future, you know, like buying plane tickets and stuff for like next year. Yeah. They're still crazy cheap right now. You just buy the insurance. So next year when the ticket's like way more expensive, but you still can't go or whatever, then like, okay, then you cancel it. That's not that point. you're not out that money, but it's still a great time to buy tickets in advance for planes. If you were planning on flying somewhere anyways, yeah, that's a good idea. I'll, I'll buy I'll buy a ticket for Minnesota for next year. See, that's what I was hinting at. Alec. <laughs> I'll buy a ticket to Minnesota. I'm glad you're listening. (laughs) I'll buy a ticket to go to Minnesota if you buy a ticket to come out here for next year. Pick a month and I'll pick a different month, a couple months out. Yeah. Yeah, I need to look into it. I haven't been back in a while. Do you think things will be back to normal around like the October time for your birthday? Well, my birthday's in September. Oh shit! I thought it was in October. September. So, so hopefully they're they're back before then. <laughs> uh, no, I don't know, dude. It's impossible to tell. No one has any idea. Yeah. And like they're saying, a whole second round could hit during flu season at the end of the year. So maybe things clear up over the summer as everything like warms up and whatnot, and then it comes again. Who knows? No one knows, dude. And, and even like no one even knows, like people are saying that if you still get it or if you get it, you can still get it a second time. Like it's not like you have antibodies that just like permanently cure you. Right. So everything's just all over the place. Like some people it kills them and other people they don't even know that they have it. Which is honestly the scarier part because it's like people are testing. Like they go, okay, we're going to take like, uh, like we're going to test the the temperature of your forehead and stuff. And then you can come into work, but it's like, but that person could not be showing any symptoms and they still have it. Right. And now they're still spreading it to other people. So 
I don't know. I think it's good news that like the overwhelming vast majority of people that get it are asymptomatic or are fine from it. Mm-hmm. Like it's not bad. It tends to mostly only be people that are over the age of 60 or 65 and those with pre-existing conditions. Otherwise, the overwhelming majority of people that are just younger people are fine. Like if it was like 20 year olds that are healthy are like dying from this, then like, okay, yeah, that's really serious. Yeah. Like that's crazy serious. But I think like now you can kind of like before like all the quarantining stuff, we obviously had no numbers to go off of except for what was going on in China. And obviously those numbers are, you know, not really legit. Right. So you just got to take all the precautions that you can. And now that we have a set of numbers, I think you can kind of see like, where most of the deaths are happening at this point and like who's vulnerable. So, and I'm not saying it's not sad about the people that have died, but it seems to be like a little bit more of a normal virus and not the crazy, we're all going to die thing. Millions of people are going to, you know, be killed by the summer things that we were thinking previously. Right. Yeah. It's bad, but it's not that bad. It's just really unknown. That's the scary part. Yeah. You know, because, like, some, someone might not know that they have a pre-existing condition. And, you know, you're a young person and you're just going out doing your thing. And you're like, yeah, I'm fine. But it turns out that you, like, had some random heart murmur or something that you literally didn't know about. And now it kills you or something. Um, granted, it's a pretty small chance. Like, most people that have died that have, have pre-existing conditions. Like, it's something legit, right? Like, cancer. Or, like, really bad asthma or something. And that's probably the worst one, because most people, have, you know, or a lot of people have asthma. Or even, like, obesity, they say, is a thing. So, I don't know. No one has any idea, <laughs> to be honest. But I, um, I do have Most places idea. here are able to open up on Monday. Right. And uh, retail can do uh, 50% capacity. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I, I think a lot of places are going to move towards instead of quarantining everybody, it's going to be up to the people to take the risk if they want to go out or not. Yeah, but the recommendations for those that are older than like 60 or 65 and with pre-existing conditions, they will still be told that they should stay home and quarantine themselves. Right. So I, I think it's just going to move from every being quarantined, everyone being quarantined to let's quarantine those that we know for sure are at much higher risk of, of, being injured or possibly dying from the coronavirus and then let everybody else, you know, and I think it'd be slowly start to get back into their lives. Right. And I think it's going to go by County as well. Like I think LA is just going to be more quarantined than Ventura because we don't really have that many cases. We haven't been dealing with counties here. We've just done statewide stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas obviously it's a little different in California because LA is massive. Right. So they kind of have to play by a separate set of rules, but yeah, it'll be up to people and, you know, stores to make sure people are safe of just providing masks and stuff and hoping that people, you know, just regular everyday people like actually abide by a lot of these and actually wash your fucking hands. Yeah. Wash your hands. That's that is a plus. And so time for yeah, lunch. It, it's a mystery. Who knows when this will be over? But I'm I'm hoping in a couple months. 
I mean, it seems to be moving towards a positive direction, right? Where, again, like looking at the numbers, like you can kind of see that like the parts of the populations that are affected by this and the ones that aren't because people get scared, right? When they go, oh my God, like they just announced that a 30 year old died from Corona. But then like it comes out like, okay, how did the person die? And it's like, oh, he had really serious pre-existing conditions. And it's like, okay. So it wasn't really like the age that was the reason that he died. It was more so he had like this other big issue and then Corona kind of came in while his immune system was like down and just like kind of ended it. Not And I'm not saying that these deaths like aren't bad, like it's sad and it sucks. And a lot of people have been affected by this, but it's not as bad as what they thought it was going to be, at least as of the numbers that have been released, you know? Right. Because, dude, remember, when this first happened, they were, like, like I think uh, the governor of California, Newsom, literally said, like, 20 million people could die from this in California. Like, that's half the state, bro. Yeah, he freaked the fuck out. <laughs> like, he was, he, dude, he literally said 20, 20 million people could die. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, and, you know, if you're sitting there and you're just like, okay, yeah, I'm not leaving the house. I mean, potentially, like, if, if we didn't do anything, that could have happened. Luckily, people actually listened and the necessary precautions to prevent so yeah they they did but i i don't know if it would have gotten to 20 million people dying we wouldn't we like would if never you look know. at the to- yeah if you look at the total i i here i'm not saying that the that how people responded to it is bad in any way like you thought it was going to be really bad and we didn't have a lot of uh evidence or truth telling from like china of what was happening so it's hard to like approach this with facts when you're just seeing that China's in lockdown and they're locking their people in houses and stuff, and we're like, oh crap, maybe this is really dangerous. Right. I think so, it was better to err on the side of caution. Correct. Yeah. I'm totally down with how everyone acted. And and they're like, okay, we gotta get people in their homes and just keep them there because we don't want millions upon millions of people to die. Right. Like totally get that. But now, a few months later, two or three months later. Now we actually do have our own numbers of how this virus has affected people. And I think based on those numbers, A, yeah, the quarantines did help and stuff. But also, I think it showed that it wasn't as bad as we thought it was going to be with the whole 20 million people dying in just California alone and stuff like that. Right. And now the numbers are a lot smaller. And that's good. You know, that's not a bad thing to to come out and be like, oh, like you're denying that it happened or anything. That's not what I'm saying. It's good. It means less people died. Like that's a positive effect. And yeah, the quarantining stuff happened and that was, that had a positive effect. And, and I think that, um, the, uh, the numbers show more of who exactly is it, is at risk or at higher risk. Right. It doesn't mean that you're not going to get it and you're going to feel terrible, Alec, or me either. Right. Like, I could get it and I'd be like, man, this sucks. Like this, this is awful. This is an awful thing. But the chances of that happening are less likely. And I think like it kind of just goes back to like if someone doesn't mind getting sick. Shouldn't it be up to like kind of like the like I know there's the comparisons to the flu and whatnot, but like if someone is sick during flu season or something and you 
know that they're sick and you still hang out with them like you're taking that risk of getting the flu you know right i was talking about it with a friend and i think it just comes down to whether or not you intentionally try and give somebody the flu which is the big no-no like don't cough in people don't take some space like don't shake their hands yeah if you have the flu you're not supposed to leave your house like you're supposed to call in sick for work you don't still go to work and then start spreading the flu to all those people exactly like that's how our society has been for forever like when someone is sick you're just supposed to stay home and then when that person still shows up to work and you see him coughing and sneezing and everything you're just like jesus christ dude like you're gonna but, get really sick i don't know some workplaces are just <laughs> shitty and don't give proper you know sick time and kind of force you to work overtime and i mean some places yeah but like i feel like hopefully after at the end of this like people will like be more understanding at least right of being like hey you're sick don't come in mm-hmm. like if you're sick for any reason even if it's just like a cold or something like just don't come like don't get us all sick because who knows but that, that that that's the thing that i was saying is that most people that have this are asymptomatic they don't even know that they have it so like that only goes so far you know like let's say you're a 70 year old man and you have a store and you employ a, a 20 year old and your 20 year the 20 year old goes yeah i'm totally fine and he takes his temperature totally everything's good but the kid could still have it. Are you done to he just that? has no effect of it. Hold on. And then, you know, he give it to the guy or whatever. But What are you done to eat for today? Ooh. Yeah, we got to decide what we're eating. Uh, in and out. I'm about I to want have in ribs. and out, but they don't do Postmates. They don't deliver. You have to go actually drive there, and I'm lazy. Hey, good for them. They get the full profit. Yeah. Good job. Dude, Post, Postmates and uh, like all those places, they take a huge percentage of the profits because they have to pay their drivers and then they have to pay themselves, obviously. Postmates is a lot better than all the other ones. Yeah. It's the cheapest But I'm one. just saying, like it, like with the whole like support your local restaurants, it's not as bad for like McDonald's and stuff like that where they're making a lot more money. But for any of like the mom and pop like restaurants and stuff, it's much better like to physically call them and like pick it up from their store if they do their own delivery or something. That's good to know. I think I saw like an $850 order once. And then after all the fees were taken out, I think the restaurant, I think it was Grubhub. And I think afterwards the restaurant only got like 350. Grubhub sucks dick. Which is massive, dude. Imagine your mom and pop place you get an 850 dollar order and you only make 350 off of it yeah fuck that like that's crazy and restaurants already work on uh razor thin margins um okay we can uh we can wrap this up now because uh i've got some ribs that are ready for me oh jesus christ that sounds so good yeah yeah they're really good uh yeah so uh thank you everybody um sorry it's been so long um i know i said this last time but maybe we'll try to make this more consistent and it's just difficult with work schedules and everyone being at home and finding time Not to do it and whatnot to text for a week. um and uh <laughs> yeah uh, not replying to my text to do it but you know <laughs> it is what it is um yeah uh so we'll try to be a little bit more consistent um there might be some because like everyone's waiting for all this information stuff from Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo, there may be some slower weeks 
where you know like because they're waiting for their big event reveals and stuff like that so we'll see maybe we'll have some shorter weeks um but in between those it seems like it's going to be a pretty uh fulfilling summer in terms of video games not movies because everything is canceled or delayed or moving on to other dates or whatever um but for video games it's going to be pretty exciting so um stick with us we know we don't have the most uh consistent schedule we are full fully aware of that <laughs> uh but uh, we'll we'll try to get you uh the news and our opinions uh when we can um if you're looking for more info, uh, we'll try to keep our Twitter page more up to date of saying when we'll go live and stuff. Uh, so you can find us at the Coop Zone One uh, on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, so that should be it. Uh, we're coming up on four hours here, so uh, we're gonna go off and eat now. Uh, so uh, for episode thirteen, that'll do it. Uh, adios, everybody. Adios.